This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Oh, it is a big one tonight at Canada Life Center. What is up, Winnipeg and WSTers? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Getting ready for the Jets and Oilers to drop the puck tonight on our second WST night. Looking forward to seeing everyone that uh, we enjoyed the game with against the Kings earlier this year. Hoping for a much better game and a much better result for the home team. We're going to be all over it today. Um, Scott Billick's jumping on the program. Brandon Rewicki as well. And we'll also get uh, Tommy Gazzola out of the bow zone in the camo to come in and uh, fill us in on the Oilers, who uh, all of a sudden are looking more like the Oilers that people expected to see this season coming into tonight. And, of course, the Jets, after that great winning streak, have now lost two in a row, coming off a frustrating 2-0 defeat to the Dallas Stars on Tuesday night. Um, and the potential return of Gabriel Velarde. So a lot of uh, a lot to discuss on tonight's game, and to get you ready to uh, pack the stands in 316 with the WST crew. Of course, it's also our final day of November. Um, we'll get to we've had a number of great November donations, and thanks to everyone that has um, contributed. Um, we'll get to those a, a little bit later on. Um, and tomorrow on the program, I think we're pretty much pot committed now with uh, the great support of everyone. Sucho and the final review of all of Team WST and their work on growing their stashes for uh, the month of November. So uh, going to be a fun one today, um, but we're uh, mostly all in on uh, the Winnipeg Jets and Edmonton Oilers, although we do have some big news as it pertains to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, welcome to everybody in chat. Great to see you all here. Looking forward to seeing you tonight. For those of you that are on the WST pack, and by the way, I believe there still are tickets available on that Thirsty Thursday deal. So if you want to jump on a ticket and a beer for 69 bucks, do that at the Winnipeg Jets website. And uh, if you can get close to or around 316 or 317, that's where we'll be. And again, we'll be hooking up before the game um, when uh, you come into the arena, in the bar, the hangar just outside of Section 316, so I hope to see uh, many of you there. And even if you're just going to the game and not with the crew, come by, hang out for a little bit, grab a pop, and uh, get ready to get loud tonight for the home team when they take on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Huge thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, our friends at CoolBet. Just finished the lock shop. We've got The, the CoolBet lines are going to be fun today because uh, Dusty and I were going back and forth on some Jets and Oilers props and parlays, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, of course, our friends at Little Brown Jug, the Winnipeg Jets, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Princess Auto, Nick and Nicky DQ, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man Barbershop. And we will get to a why not question of the day for our pals at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. Uh, all right, shout out to everybody. I see a nice little... Note from Mary Jane, one of our favorites. Congratulations to all the WST gentlemen who participated. Absolutely, they are gentlemen. Um, and we'll have a fun review of all that tomorrow on the show. But uh, Michael Remus tonight, Connor and Connor versus Connor McDavid. I am, uh, I've been looking forward to this game since the schedule came out. Even more fired up that we were able to get this one into our WST pack. And uh, 
I think our crew is going to be ready, and I'm really hoping the Jets are ready for what should be a real test from a suddenly hot Oilers club. Yeah, what is this, two-game losing streak from the Jets? So slightly concerning, although they've Can't I mean, lose three in a row. I mean, they've played pretty well. I don't think, yeah, you don't want to lose three in a row. You know, if this were Edmonton, I don't know, like three weeks ago, I'd be feeling a lot more confident, but they've certainly uh, picked up the scoring. I think goaltending and defense still questionable, but when you have two superstars like McDavid and Dreisaitl, very tough to shut down. And as we start the show, I mean, you mentioned last day in, in uh, November, I mean, with this weather outside, I can't even believe it's going to be December 1 tomorrow. So great night to head out to a game. We're going to have a great crew. Uh, what in the hangar? Outside 316 before. Looking forward to seeing everyone. This will be a great night. And yes, uh, you tweeted this out. Full circle. Game one of the WST pack. Gabe Velarde injured. And if you would have told me that he'd been at that game, that he would be in the lineup for game two, I would say you're crazy. But he is expected to return. They're not going to come out and say, but they did act. We can't say he is activated from IR. That is confirmed. Yeah, we'll hear from uh, the coach in a minute. Not 100% committing to Gabriel Velarde being in the lineup. And, you know, we would talk before about where he's going to fit in when he comes in. It does look like, I mean, just based on the lines from practice yesterday, that Velarde might go in on the fourth line to begin with and sort of ease in, um, but also take his uh, role in the number one power play um, as well. And listen, power play is something that I'm sure we'll get into with Scott and with Brandon. Um, that was a big part of the Winnipeg Jets' loss uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars, not making enough of those two five-on-three power plays. Um, but to be honest, Remus, as much as we focus on the power play, I think the key when it comes to special teams tonight is going to be the PK and better yet discipline and keeping that lethal power play of the Oilers off the ice and uh, staying at five-on-five five where the Jets have been uh, really solid from the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been very strong five-on-five, and the Oilers' power play, historic last year, hasn't been quite as good this season. But, hey, you got McDavid, uh, Dreisaitl. um, They're pretty strong, and it is interesting. You know, some of these Jets' losses have been decided uh, on special teams, but we do have uh, the lines here just going by yesterday. No morning skate today, Huss. Um, Just uh, optional or... And Bones spoke early, but Connor Shafley, Ehlers, Perfetti, Nemesnikov, Iafalo, Nita Ryder, Lowry, Appleton, Barron, Gustafson, Velarde, Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan Pionk, Sandberg, Schmidt, uh, and Hellebuck starting. I mean, they're starting uh, Velarde on the fourth line, but I, you know, they're trying to get him eased in. And we've talked about, oh, do you ease him in or you just, you know, let him let him loose there on line two? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if early on or just later on in the game, second, third period, and especially if it's close. They move him up there. Uh, he played so well with Shafley and Connor. You go back to that. You insert him onto the second line um, with Perfetti. So uh, interesting stuff. And yeah, does Ehlers last uh, online run with Connor and Shafley? They did that switch in the middle of last game. There's plenty of options for Rick Bonus. Um, you know, going forward, I, I've got time to give a little bit of a run for Connor Shafley Ehlers. I mean, the potential, when you think about those three players together, is significant. Um, but again, Ehlers has looked great with Perfetti Reem. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I wasn't sure if uh, they would break that one up. I mean, Ehlers and Nemestikov seem to be uh, attached at the hip 
since the start, uh, not the start of the season, since last season, they seem to have great chemistry and they went back to them and it worked pretty well. Uh, Ehlers, Domestica, Perfetti is just such a tough call. Like, which line do you break up um, here with the addition of Vlade? I guess that's a good problem to have, but uh, I don't know. We'll see how he, how he fits in. Um, you know, Ehlers, Connor, and Shafley, I agree. They're such great talents. As you think, oh, this should be a dynamite line, but I don't know if it ha- really has been uh, when they're together, but they're going to roll with it. And the thing about lines are, hey, you know, you, just because this is what they're starting with doesn't mean that's what they're ending with. Exactly. And I guess, uh, you know, where I follow fits in when all this settles to me is really interesting. I mean, you do have the potential looking at where the lines are right now to have every line looking different, you know, in a game or two. I could see Velarde being back with Connor Shifley and Ehlers, or with Connor and Shifley. I could see Ehlers moving back with Perfetti and Nemetsnikov. I could also see Ayafalo going down to either the third or fourth line. And, I mean, Appleton has been so good. I don't think it's in their plans to change it. But, you know, if for whatever reason they want to get a different look like that, Appleton, I think, could certainly still contribute on the fourth line. And I do think that by the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise me if Lowry plays with Ayafalo and Niederreiter. Because to me, as great as Appleton's been in the first quarter of the season, that's the the best incarnation of the third line we've seen. Now, they haven't played each other, they played with each other very much, but we've seen a lot more of what Alex Ayafalo can do. When you think about, you know, the power game, the possession of Lowry and Niederreiter, um, to me, if I was going into a playoff series and I wanted my best incarnation of the Lowry line going up against the tops on the other team, n- no disrespect to Appleton, who's had a great season, and there's certainly a spot on this team for him, I kind of think that's where Iafalo might end up. But for the time being, I think this is the way things look. And depending on how the game goes, we'll see whether uh, the blender comes out, which it basically, as you mentioned, Raymond, essentially had been on the shelf for about a month since uh, Gabriel Velarde got hurt. Yeah, that was a big talk that they really hadn't uh, done any line changes at all. And we've been mentioning that o- over and over again as we're approaching today. This is like the big like the big countdown. I don't know if this is like a mid-season finale if the Jets were a reality show. Gabe Velarde injured early and now now returns. And, yeah, they hadn't really changed. It's been working well. But, hey, you lose a couple in a row. And all of a sudden, hey, this hasn't been working. we got to shake things up and uh, doing a couple changes. And... Looking forward to seeing all, all we need this game has is Josh Morrissey to take out Connor McDavid again. Not in a dirty way, but I mean, that was the kind of the turning point of that game in Edmonton. The two guys got uh, got tangled up. I think it was just a hard play, like guys battling for the puck. McDavid fell, and I don't want to say it hasn't been the same since, but he was clearly feeling the effects, missed a number of games, and but he did suit up for the Heritage Classic, although he was not 100% for that game, but... Uh, you look over the last couple, or what? He's got like twelve points his last three games, something. Yeah, he's he's so, something like that. Right now. <laughs> he's 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 hot. He's hot. So this is uh, not a great time, but I think it means we're just going to see a, a great game tonight at Canada Life Center. Hey, you know what? Uh, before we get into bones, uh, do we still have those Velarde clips from yesterday? We do. We got those right at the end of the show, and, I, and I'm sure there's probably some people that you know, weren't with us at the end. Um, you know, or for podcast listeners, maybe didn't make it that far. But uh, Gabriel Velarde had, uh, you know, some of the most honest, um, 
honest comments you get from NHL players. I mean, more often than not, they sort of, you know, sugarcoat or, you know, stay away from really showing their levels of frustration when it comes to things like um, being injured, um, as well as how things happened. But it was very clear that not only was it a trying time for Velarde, you know, three games into a new city and new team to be away and have to deal with everything that he had. Um, but there's still, I think, a fair level of ill will for Blake Lazat and what happened um, and what happened, uh, you know, in that game against the Kings in November um, or October, I should say, that knocked him out of the lineup. Um, let me know if you have those and we yeah, can quickly right. play those. We're set. Okay. Okay. So he, here's the first. There's two clips. Um, and really, first off, talking about, you know, readying to get back into the lineup and was asked about, you know, the incident that uh, cost him the better part of six plus weeks. Yeah, I mean, every time you get hurt, it's uh, it's frustrating no matter who you're playing. But uh, yeah, I was excited. And then uh, that's how it goes. Though. Um, was it just in your eyes, just kind of a freak accident, freak play, the kind that can sort of happen in a contact sport? Uh. I think you could say that, but at the same time, no, I don't, um, personally. I think it was kind of a play that doesn't need to happen, but uh, what am I supposed to do now? Was it disappointing that a former teammate of yours, a guy who played with you for four seasons? No, no, I played with him a lot. He's done a lot of little things like that. It's stuff that, you know, you guys say it's an awkward fall. It's not an awkward fall. It's uh, someone pushing your feet out from the back. My knee gets caught under me, and then he tackles me. It's uh, it's that simple. Um I was pretty close to being gone for the rest of the season. So, I mean, it's it's frustrating to look at stuff like that and think about it. Um, obviously, I don't think his intent is to hurt me. But uh, when you make plays like that, it's it's a stupid play. And uh, it's frustrating to think that guy sits in the box for two minutes and then I have to deal with what I've dealt with for the past uh, month and a half. But uh, that's life. Um, now I'm here and uh, looking forward uh, to playing again, just having fun again. It's tough when you're by yourself. And uh, recovering. Sorry, go ahead. Did Blake like, reach out to you? Uh, that's between me and him. I'm not going to get into that. All right, so there's uh, uh, Gabriel Velarde on uh, the Lazat incident that uh, cost him the better part of six weeks. And there's a key little bit at the end of last night. He said it was tough being by himself. And he sort of expanded on that and what he's been through over the course of the last six weeks um, for the majority of the time away from the team, rehabbing, trying to get back on the ice. Yeah, it's just bad timing. I mean, it was my second game. I missed most of the preseason because of the flu that was going around. Um, it's good to see the teams winning, but at the same time, it's it's tough being the guy that you know you're you're on the outside, kind of looking in almost. Obviously, everyone does their best to make you feel like you're you're part of the team, and you feel part of the team. But yeah, I am a new guy. Um, it it would have been nice to come in and get uh, familiar and play and, and get comfortable, as opposed to you know not not playing. I haven't played hockey. These guys are 20 games in, and I'm really haven't done much yet. There was that six to eight week timeline uh, and it looks like you're close to kind of the tail end of that, the eight weeks. Uh, as you say, you could have been a lot worse, right? So the, was there almost a sense of relief to go with the frustration? Uh, well, it was four to six. I had six weeks yesterday. Um, everyone heals differently. I mean, it's tough for me to say. Do I wish I was one of the guys that came back after four weeks? Yeah. Um, it's taken me six weeks. I'm still dealing with some stuff um, that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of the year, and that's that's part of playing hockey. Everyone deals with those types of things. Um, but yeah, I, it's just it is what it is. It takes time, and you gotta uh, just go through the process. 
Rick talked about a brace and getting familiar. Is that sort of an odd feeling, I guess, to have that? And is that when you say about uh, the rest of the year, is that something you're going to have to skate with all year? Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal. I mean, I'm sure some of you guys have worn braces for other sports. I mean, uh, you play hockey with out of brace your whole life, and then you're getting asked to put something under your, your gear that you're not comfortable with. So, yeah, it is, uh, it is important to find the right brace and make sure it, it fits. For some guys, it's easier than others. Maybe I got a little bit of... Uh, I say like OCD, I don't, it bugs me. So there's been that battle with uh, the AT guys, but uh, I have to wear it, and they've been really good in helping me and getting the right brace for me. All right, so there's Velarde. Um Still pissed off about the hit and still pissed off that he has to deal with what uh, this going forward with the brace for the rest of the season. Um, but great to have him back, Remus, and uh, hopefully some of that anger can uh, be taken out on opponents uh, once he gets back into the lineup. Yeah, I like how he owned up. Yeah, he's like, maybe I just have some OCD here. I can't find the right knee brace. Look, guys are particular about, you know, you, I agree, you play one way, you get something new, uh, you know, it takes adjusting. I know for me, what, you buy a new pair of, like, uh, hockey pants or new skates, anything new, uh, it's, diff it's different. So I don't blame him, and I love the passion, love, you know, look, he's Called out Blake Lazat saying he's pissed off. A guy does a lot of uh, I don't know, sketchy stuff on the ice that he's noticed when they were teammates, and he he got ahead, and now and what he was missed six weeks, and now he's got to deal with stuff that's going to affect him. So you love the passion. This guy needs to get on the ice, go in, score the goal. Reminder to everyone: his goal song is Macarena. So praying, praying that we do get that in the stands. Tonight, fingers crossed, we will be there with the WST group. And you what a scene that would be! Yeah, what would the entire crew up in three sixteen doing the Macarena? That would—that's mm -hmm. the one time I think I would say, "All right, I'm in." Yeah, I'm in for Macaraining. Not probably something I would normally get into, but uh, let's yeah. go. Let's yeah. I mean, hey, I might take a video and and throw it on our uh, our TikTok or something. Cause that's <laughs> what you do on TikTok, right? Dance, but uh, look, we want to see him in the lineup, and uh, it certainly had to be tough, you know. So, you know, doing rehab solo, and we talked about this at the show yesterday, what, went on the trip to Vegas, get some time in with the guys, but it sounds like he's he's on fire and he's he's ready, although we'll play the clip from Bonus after. You know, they wouldn't Yeah, well, they wouldn't let's commit. get to this right now. And by the way, we're not forgetting about the situation with Buck Pierce and the Bombers. We'll get into that uh, off the top with Billick coming up in just a few minutes and then some more Jets talk. But um, Bones did speak after a very optional morning skate today. Uh, which didn't have Mary or any of the guys out there. Here's Bones on Velarde and his potential return tonight. Okay, Velarde, it will be a game time decision. We expect him to play. There we go. We just took the. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the game time decision then? Is it just he just tells us he's ready to go? Yeah, yeah. So he's clear. Is he cleared then? Yes. To play. Yeah. Okay. He's just got to make sure he feels he's ready to go. All right. So there's the status for tonight. Sounds like he's going to be in. Um, but uh, here's Bones uh, earlier on what Gabriel Velarde brings to the lineup when he's good to go. We're going to have to be a little patient with him. He's missed a lot of time. The, the game has ramped up a lot from uh, when he was playing in early October. 
speed of the game. Everyone's on top of their game now. Um, so we're going to have to be patient with him, and we'll work him in slowly. If, if he can play, we got to start with that. There's no, it's not 100% he's in tomorrow. We're all hoping he's going to play. If he plays, then we'll start him probably on the on the fourth line, but get him on the power play and see how he's doing. Now, I say that, but if we see Longwell, he's fitting right in, he's picked up right where he left off, then we'll move up his minutes. All right, and that's a little bit of a different approach than we heard from Arnie, uh, from Scott O'Neill when he was the uh, interim head coach, in that Arnie had sort of intimated that he'd be going straight into the top six. Something that we talked about on the show is that maybe, you know, when you're out for that long, maybe you start lower in the lineup and, and, and quote-unquote, get eased in. And I think that seems like what uh, Bones' plan is um, for tonight, at least. We do know that he'll be back in on the power play. Um, and the power play, I think, could use a, a little bit of new energy, especially considering what we saw from it at 5-on-3 on Tuesday night against the Dallas Stars. Here's Bones from yesterday on what Ballardi brings to the power play. It gives you a totally different look when he's on the ice. And we saw it early in the year. I made that backhand pass to uh, KC. Like, he's a big man around the net that's hard to move out of there. You can say, go to the net, go to the net. <clears throat> but you've got to be big and strong and physical and have that desire to stay there. Uh, and he has all that. Plus, he has great hands. He hangs on to the puck. He doesn't throw it blind. Um, he does a lot of good things down around the net. And when there's no play, he uses the half wall guy really well and he has good timing of when to step in front of the goalie and when to step off the side as a, as a passing option so uh, he brings a lot to the power play all right so there's bones and there's one more clip from bones yesterday and and this was more on his analysis of um, the way so many different players stepped up in Gabriel Velarde's absence here's bones on the team's depth scoring while uh, 13 was out of the lineup yeah, really like the balance. You know, Lyle's line scored a lot of big goals. Vladin scored a lot of big goals. Mark and Casey have been doing it as well. The defense have 10. Um, but I, I do know when our offense goes down, our D aren't involved enough. And that's something that we preach every day. And we work on it again today, getting that weak side D coming up and getting him a lot more involved. But, and it's, again, it's one thing for him to be up there. It's another thing for the fours to get used to looking for him again. We're, we're coming in now. We're two tunnel vision that way. And usually the most dangerous guy is coming up behind you. So we've, we've got to get our D a lot more involved. All right. So there's uh, Rick Bonus. Um on uh, you know the power play, Gabriel Velarde's return, the depth scoring, um, but tonight their focus is solely on Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, and Bones um, was asked uh, this morning, um, how do they approach containing an Oiler team that has been scoring seemingly at will for the better part of the last week? How do you contain a team like that? And how do you get your team to well, kind of rise? To go back to the Dallas game. There was we've got to be more assertive, more aggressive uh, away from the puck. We we gave Dallas way too much room. So if we give these guys room and they're feeling good about themselves, they're going to continue to feel good about themselves. So we've got to get up on top of them. We've got to take away the time and just don't give them any room. That's when we're at our best. When we're, we're a pressure team, and when we pressure, we're an effective team. When we back up and we're on our heels, uh, anybody in this league, you back up and you're on your heels, you're going to be in trouble regardless who you play. All right, so there's Bones on the Oilers, and of course shutting down the Oilers, frustrating the Oilers, make them... To use Bones' uh, 
statement, not feel good about themselves, starts with uh, their captain, the consensus number one player on planet Earth, Connor McDavid. Here's Bones on uh, shutting down 97. You guys have been pretty good at containing McDavid and, and dry settle in the past. How do you, what, what's the key to that? Ellie. <laughs> it helps. You got to have goal. They're going to get chances, really. They are. And you're going to rely on your goalie to make some timely saves. And we're fully confident in that. But again, it's just making the night frustrating for them. Get them early. Don't let them get going. Connor McDavid gets a half a step on anybody in this league. He's gone on anybody. So uh, it's going to be up to us to be recognized when he's on the ice and just crowd him as much as we can. He likes to get that second pass and that full speed coming at you. So uh, we've got to pressure the puck and we've got to get on top of him at the same time. All right. So there's bones on McDavid. Um, and I would say if we were putting a cool bet line on who will be out there to take the opening face off against Connor McDavid, Adam Lowry is uh, at minus 10,000. He will be that guy. He will have that assignment as his line often does. And uh, Bones was asked about his pregame conversations with Adam Lowry about matching up against Connor McDavid. Uh, he's he's done it for the last couple of years. So <laughs> I hope he got some sleep last night. <laughs> Worried about it. But listen, Adam's a, listen, uh, not only has he done a great job uh, on the ice, he's done a great job off the ice. So he's um, we're, we're, we're very confident in Adam. He's, he's just a great player and he does all the little things necessary to win. And he's one he's very, very difficult to play against. That's when he's at his best. All right, so there's Rick Bonus on uh, Adam Lowry in the big assignment tonight trying to uh, handle Connor McDavid. Um, Reem, will we be seeing a welcome back video, maybe with Mr. Brightside in the background this evening? Oh, man. Uh, I think so. I think it's going to happen. Sam Gagne, what he had hit, uh, surgery in the offseason, signed with Edmonton, and he's back four points in nine games. He's come in. He's played on the top line at times. Uh, so what a comeback for him. He's only 34 years old, so he's not a, not actually that old, Sam Gagne. But look, he was here for one year last year, played 48 games, then got injured at 14 points, scored some uh, big third-period goals. I think was a fan favorite. He celebrated his 1,000th game here. So he was here for a short time, but I'd say it was a great time uh, for Sam Gallo. He was, what, he was healthy scratch at times, but hey, he's... Uh, He's put in the training, put in, done the rehab, and he's back with the Oilers now. I'm sure uh, Tom Gazzola's got some better insight than me later on in the show on what he's brought, but we know he's a character guy in the room. I'm I'm sure there will be a video tribute, what, first TV yeah. timeout? Yeah, there'll be a welcome back for a Gagne, and as they say, maybe they will play Mr. Brightside in the back. He seemed to have a knack for scoring goals at home, and early in the season when we were learning all the goal songs, mm -hmm. there was quite a bit of Mr. Brightside, which was a great one. Here's just a quick one from Bones on Sam Gagne's impact last year in the Jet Room. He helps. He's a pro. He's a good yeah. pro. He's good in the room. He's good with the guys. He's been around. Uh, he helped. He helped a lot. And that's why we brought him in. We knew we had to make some changes, and he was part of that change, yes. All right, so uh, there's Bones on Sam Gagne, who uh, we expect to be in the Oilers lineup tonight. Uh, all right, Brandon Rewicki's coming up in just a sec. Before we do that, today, gang, is the final day of November, or Movember, as it were. Uh, we got to thank everyone, all of our team that has been growing the stashes and running the clicks to uh, help us uh, reach our goals. 
and we've smashed our goals and we are just about ready to officially double our original goal of $2,000. Um, I have to give a big thanks to Jeff Butler, who made a very nice donation and said, love the show. Listen almost every day on the podcast, except maybe after a big Jess or big bomber losses. I feel you. Happy to support the cause. Jeff Butler, thank you very much. Lindsay Lepke as well with a nice donation. Has been quite a few years since I grew in November. Was inspired to do it this year thanks to the promotion of Men's Health on WST. Awesome, Lindsay. Thank you very much. And uh, and a WST favorite. and what Definitely one of our biggest supporters, Reem. The one and only Bobby B., who uh, made a very nice donation as well to get us just about up to $4,000. And I know we'll see and we'll be able to thank Bobby in person tonight at the at the game. But um been such a great month. We'll have an official total tomorrow on the program. And uh, we'll check out some of the stashes as well. Of course, we've been uh, working on this Movember campaign in conjunction with our great sponsors over at Modern Man Barber Shops. We're going to be heading in there next week. Probably a little overdue, but um, eight locations in Winnipeg now, including the new locations on Pembina, where I've been a couple times. Great spot, uh, as well as Plessy Road. Got you covered with haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. You can book your look right now and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com and give them a follow on Insta at Modern Man Barber Shop. So, hey, the holidays are here. And let's face it, the holidays are synonymous with good times, good friends, and great drinks. And uh, that is synonymous with Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian club. There's a CC for every occasion heading into the holidays. And whether it's for a holiday gathering or gift giving, WST listeners are covered with great sale prices this month on all the Canadian club favorites, including original 100% rye and CC classic 12-year-old there still is quite a bit of the limited release of the CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask still available. Our signature Sig C Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Casks. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. So pop down to your local Manitoba Liquor Marts, get ready for the holidays and Keep your eye out. There's five bottles left of the legendary CC Chronicles 45-year-old still looking for anyone available for a special gift for the whiskey enthusiast in the family. Um, Got to thank the gang over at Aquatech. Of course, they're the pool, spa, and hot tub experts in town, but they're also the experts at whole home renovations. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about whole home renovations, including financing options. I give a shout out to our pals over at Manitoba Battery, getting you ready for the Winnipeg winter. Gang, do not be left on the side of the road calling for help. Get to Manitoba Battery, get a new battery for your car or truck, and make sure you're ready for the Winnipeg winter. You'll be shopping local, getting the best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores. And Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg with any purchase over 60 bucks. Excuse me, it's just that easy. ManitobaBattery.com to order 783-8787. And, uh, of course, you can pop by and see them for free battery testing as well at 1026 Logan Avenue. All right, let's get Brandon in here. 
Roiki, what's going on? Big game tonight, buddy. Big game. That's right. I'm doing good, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, big games all over the place, right? Tuesday against Dallas, tonight against Edmonton. So it's it's continuing. Jacked up. Ready to go. See, the comment section is ready too. So let's uh, let's dive on in, man. People are all over it, man. You know, that game on Wednesday was just so frustrating in that, I mean, I thought they played well. They didn't give up a lot. But, man, you got to make the most of those power plays. And I think that power play in special teams is going to be a big, big part of this challenge tonight. Well, I mean, you get Velarde back. So I, I know he's going to be fourth line to start. I'll be intrigued to see if they, they throw him right up on the power play there. But, yeah, I mean, like that's been the difference in two games against Dallas. Five on five. I don't know, probably call it a wash between the two teams. But it's penalty kill, or the, the special teams, rather, that's just killed Winnipeg. Specifically, what they've done on the power play, because they gave up the shorty in that initial game against Dallas, right? But, man, the, I, I feel like the power play has been okay since they kind of had their come-to-Jesus moment a few weeks back. But those five-on-threes were just awful. I, I, I know Mark Shifley tried to kind of couch it after the game, but they were just awful. And... You know, especially with the personnel that they have, you know, having Kyle Connor and trying to set him up, I think works five on four, but him kind of being the only one time option is terrible on five on three, because that's basically your only chance for a quick shot. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Jets and, and we see some teams do this specifically just five on three, but, you know, you can almost flip flop Shifley and Connor have two guys below the goal line there and try to set up one timers that way. Um, a little bit different, a little more difficult for the goalies to try to track those pucks as they got to start on the goal line, work their way back up. Um, I mean, you got to throw some kind of a wrinkle in there, right? Because it was just, it sucked the life out of the building. And those were their best opportunities at either tying the game or taking the lead there. So we'll see what happens against Edmonton. I mean, specifically in this game against the Oilers, you know, let's just stay out of the box. I don't want to see any power plays tonight. Let's have five on five for 60. We might be okay. But um, I think I think there's some wrinkles that can be thrown in there, uh, specifically five on three, that might help this team down the road. Yeah, and I know they worked on the power play yesterday. Hey, listen, we'll take five on three opportunities if they are presented, but I am with you. The Jets want to keep this game at five on five. That's been the bread and butter of their game. They're able to roll four lines. They're far deeper than the Oilers are right now. Um. But it will come. There will be plenty of responsibility on the shoulders of one Connor Hellebuck, inevitably, as well as Adam Lowry's line, which has been um, you know as good of a shutdown line as we've seen. But they, there's no bigger task than what they'll be facing with tonight. Oh, they got they got Pionk, the human McDavid eraser. So it's all good. No, no need to panic. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but I feel like he's played McDavid about as good as a I, I lot agree. of other. Defense. A lot, a lot of a lot of more pedigree defensemen in the league at the very least. Pyong's been great so far this year too, uh, but yeah, I mean that's the, it's it's going to be a matchup game. There, there's no doubt about it, right? Where where Lowry is going to get the lion's share of minutes, and 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 why not? I mean that line that line's been one of the drivers across the NHL, and you know, and you still kind of reflexively want to call them. You know, they're one of the best third lines in the NHL. But, I mean, minutes-wise, they're they're basically getting second-line minutes. And you can just call them one of the better second lines in the NHL on top of it, too. So, um, the, the, I, I don't know if this game's necessarily going to be won or lost based on how Lowry does against McDavid, but it, it sure as hell might tip when, maybe not Shifley's line, 
but the new look second line gets an opportunity against the bottom six of Edmonton, that's where the Jets need to find a way to take advantage, right? Like try to try to go up two love and goals against the bottom six there, and you could somewhat mitigate the damage that McDavid and Drysaddle might be likely to do tonight. Yeah, um, you know, listen, that's the one line that hasn't been touched at all um, for obvious reasons. I'm still not sure that doesn't happen at some point if Ayafalo was sort of, you know, maybe coming down into that bottom six. Uh, but let's focus on the top line. We didn't see a ton. I mean, it was basically late second period and the third period with Connor Shifley and now Nikolai Ehlers kind of splitting up that Perfetti Ehlers combination. Um, you think we're long for this right now? Um, how, uh, is it just your, your thoughts on Ehlers playing with those guys? We have seen it in bits and pieces before, um, but also what that does to the second line uh, where Cole Perfetti and Ehlers were, still, were seemingly really starting to um, get into a groove together. I, I don't know if we see it all that long, Hess. You know, I, I, I'm sort of with you I, on that. Yeah, and I, I mean, the concern for me is more the second line than it is what those three guys at the top can do. I mean, they, they needed an injection of energy in that, like later in the game against Dallas, and it's exactly what happened. I mean, Ehlers was all over the place. They had great chances. I mean, they couldn't even connect on shots on goal there, but the chances were certainly there with those three. I mean, I'm not going to be shocked whatsoever if tonight, you know, it's a three-point night for all three of those, and we talk about what their rankings might be across the NHL. But it ultimately comes down to not what your best top line is, but what your best lineup is. And, you know, I, I wonder if... Ehlers at this point might just be a bit of a placeholder until Velarde gets back up to speed. And then we see maybe Velarde jump right up there. Um, and then you can kind of go back to Ehlers, Perfetti, and Nemesnikov, which has been working for so long there. Then you have to make the choice of either Ayafalo or Appleton on the third slash fourth line there. That's kind of the sense of where I think this is going. I mean, they, they just didn't get a, a, a ton of time together Velarde up there on the top line but I mean the game against Calgary was amazing and the power play looked great in that game too as well so I yeah I'm, I'm not, it's, it's it's one of those weird things where I'm optimistic they're gonna kill it but I just don't know how long we're gonna see it together here but hey if they if they want to roll Connor Shifley Ehlers for 20 games I'm here for that let's watch the highlight reel get lit up there and I think the Jets will see a ton of fireworks with that um the the big issue is just going to be if, if that's how you go about it, can you get the second line to contribute like they have been over the last month? Well, it, it, exactly. And listen, I think that, you know, their consistent scoring and what Perfetti, I think, has 17 points now in 21 games or so. Like a big part of that and when I, when it happened was when Ehlers sort of rounded into Ehlers' form because I think we'd all agree he had a very slow start after missing training camp. Um I'll say this, though. Alex Iafalos fit in everywhere that he's been and did an admirable job of getting the puck and keeping the puck and getting it to his line mates when he was playing with Shifley and Connor. That's a pretty simple assignment to do. Um, maybe a little bit different with Nemetsnikov, who certainly is in Shifley's league when it comes to scoring. Um, but we know what Cole Perfetti can do. I just do wonder if they need maybe more of an established finisher playing with Perfetti to really max out on everything that he's bringing to the table with his passing and his vision. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you there. And I mean, once Velarde jumps back into the top six, you're going to have that on his, like whoever it is, he's going to have somebody 
that can play off of him and and that you know whether he gets into the scoring areas or or somebody else works with them like he's gonna have somebody i think that can read off him as well um i mean you're you're bang on with the follow too i can just tell he's a smart dude because yeah assignment is get the puck to the skilled players <laughs> that's how you make a you can make a lot of money in the nhl that way by <laughs> by like hey go the zach hyman route let's get the puck up to carter and shafley i'll end up with 45 plus points this year and then we're talking an extra couple mil with his contract negotiating time. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to go ice cold in the scoring department, you know, just because they're they're kind of waiting for Velarde to get back into it here. But, I mean, for the first time in, in what feels like forever, they've they've got a lot of depth. And, and there's going to be a really – there's going to be a really good, undeserving player playing on the fourth line sometime in the next week. And it's just the way the numbers are right now, right? Like, they're – if it's Appleton, he's done nothing wrong. Like he's been a part of that effective Lowry line. And if it's Aya Fallow that gets dropped down, again, like <laughs> you were a capable fill-in on the top line for six weeks. And he, if it's Vladdy, you know, he was a second line center on, a, on one of the better teams of the right. Like so it, it's 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 one of those good things to have, but somebody's gonna get burned from it. Um and, and so we'll see how it takes place there. But I'll be intrigued in this game too, Huss, if you know, maybe the score is one two goal deficit for Winnipeg heading into the second half. If we don't see Velarde get thrown up there, right? Like a kind of a in case of emergency break glass sort of a thing. Once he gets his feet up uh, and out from under him there, but it's it's pretty wild that uh, you know looking at the fourth line right now, which has played good as well over the last little bit. Like they're going to get a massive boost no matter who's there over the next handful of weeks here. Well, for sure, and. You know, when Velarde was first out and maybe towards the, you know, end of October, early November, when we started talking about where he fits in um, when the team comes, when he comes back into the lineup. And, you know, the team was rolling. I mean, everyone was contributing, sort of creating these, these quote unquote, good problems to have. You know, I thought that maybe when he comes in, he comes in on the fourth line for a little bit. But it was pretty interesting that Scott Arneal had said, hey, this is a top six player. When he's ready to go, that's where he's going to be. Um, and you see maybe differencing, differing philosophies from Arneal and Rick Bonus, because it does sort of seem like we're back to what we'd speculated originally. Like, you know, let's walk before he can run. He's been out for a long time. Start on that fourth line. And listen, it could be the second period, and he's back up there for all we know tonight. Yeah. Um, but a little bit of a different approach from Bones uh, with his experience that uh, that's where Velarde's going to get his feet wet at least when the puck drops, presumably tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's it's old school. You know, I mean, there's definitely an argument that if you're if you're healthy enough to play, then go up to where you're supposed to play. You know what I mean? <laughs> like either you're healthy enough to play 18 minutes or you're not healthy enough to do that. And we need to give you a little bit more time. So, yeah, I mean, it it totally depends there. I personally, like, 82 games, it's seven months, whatever it is. You can ease him in there. Great. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and then you kind of avoid any muscle injury. Um, as I know all too well, like the hammy pull, the, the hammies can get you. Even if you're even if you're in your early 20s, like you got to you gotta be a little careful there. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind either way. I, I, I think we'll just get a we'll, – we'll get a definitive answer for sure. It might be as early as, as the game after the Oilers, Huss. But, I mean, sometime next week. We'll get a sense of what the coaching staff is is really thinking about the best way to utilize their their, their top nine at least. Um, and it's funny how it you know even still now they, they they call him a top six player, you know. But if he plays with 
Perfetti and, and Ehlers, for example, he'll be getting third line minutes. So he's not even right. It's just kind of the, the, the way we've always looked at lines there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine we see fourth line Gabe Velarde for, for more than a game. It's just going to be, let's play the cautious route here. Maybe he gets in in the second half, but for sure the next time the Jets hit the ice, we're going to see Velarde somewhere up on one of the scoring lines. Yeah, and, and and even as it pertains to tonight, it'll be there'll be two factors in it: how he's looking and how he's playing, how comfortable he is with the brace, and you know being back in game action for the first time in a month and a half, um, and of course where we're at in the game with the score. I mean, um, I mean the the Jets' best case scenario is a strong game from Connor Hellebuck, get up on the team and be able to play with the lead, much like the Dallas Stars did to Winnipeg in that third period. And they certainly got a blueprint for that uh, from Dallas, and they've had that a couple times this season when they've been behind. But, man, this is going to be a different game. And, and I'll say this, one way or the other, I'm glad that you know this is the second WST game. We'll have the crew there. Because I think both compared to the first game we were at, the Kings game, which was probably the worst game of the first month and a half of the season, and the one there was... A bunch of downer things. Velarde getting hurt, the Kings getting that lead, and the Kings, similar to Dallas, doing absolutely nothing to try to push it and just frustrating the hell out of Winnipeg and the fans. This is going to be a very different hockey game tonight. Um, I think it'll be way more entertaining, um, and th- it'll be a little more high event, if you will, than uh, a couple of those other games that we've seen. They, they they might outscore the Pats and Giants from last week, Huss. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Like we 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 might be getting a couple touchdowns in the in the, in the game tonight. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's a complete one eighty. Like specifically from the Dallas game, as, especially watching the Stars and how they defend. I mean, that's just it's a veteran team that's played together. Like I mean, the majority of the parts on that team have played together for years, and you can just tell by the way that they defend and then and then transition out from that. That's not the case with Edmonton. And it's interesting, too, because defensively, in terms of the shots and chances allowed, they were pretty good again, or under Jay Woodcroft. And that hasn't been the case under Knobloch here. It's just the goaltending's been a trillion times. I love that Picard's come in and stabilized the goaltending with an 897 save percentage. <laughs> They're like, what a godsend. We have somebody flirting with a 900 here. I mean, yeah, I, I think the blueprint of this one's pretty simple. Like we touched on at the beginning, you know, take one, maybe two penalties this game and five on five, the Jets should be able to stifle Edmonton here. So I'd be intrigued to see how it plays, but like the Oilers are playing better. There's no doubt about that. Or at the very least, they're coming in with better vibes, right? I mean, you beat Vegas, even if it is in a shootout there, they're, they're kind of slowly coming to form at the very least, you know, McDavid jumps from 91st to 10th in league scoring in the span of a couple of days. That's not a joke, by the way. That's how much he jumped up after just three games. So, I mean, as as it is at Edmonton, as long as McDavid and Dreisaitl go, the Oilers go. And, I mean, those two are back at it, which sucks. And then Sam Gagne is, you know, 34 going on 22, apparently. So, we'll see if the Jets can slow down McDavid and Gagne here. The Gagne, listen, just quickly, the Gagne story is incredible. I mean... You know, let's think. We saw him last year. I mean, he was, I mean, able to contribute in a in a lesser role. Hurt, missed the rest of the season. Then has hip surgery, which is no joke. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden is back in the NHL and for a time playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like you, 
hip surgery used to be just like the death blow. Like, well, let's let's call it a career, especially after you play a thousand games. It's like, uh, I think I've had a good life. I'll just enjoy this a little bit. Um, but I mean, one modern medicine is just at an insane place that these guys are coming. Like, I mean, you have Rogers practicing already in, in New York, but then guys coming back from hip surgeries that could barely even skate after they come back. It's awesome. And he's, he's a beauty. And, you know, he was playing good for the Jets when he was here. It was just the injury bug kind of caught up to him. But it wasn't like he was here in Winnipeg. It was an absolute anchor. Like I, I thought he was a decent a decent depth option for Winnipeg when he was healthy. But it, it's it's a great story. Look, Edmonton, again, Edmonton can use all the positive vibes that they can right now. And if they can get just a brief resurgence from Sam Gagne here, I mean, that's going to go a long way. And Unless he's putting on the pads, though, they've, they've got bigger issues to fry, but... Uh, yeah, I got nothing, nothing but good things to say about Mr. Brightside. Hey, speaking of resurgence, like I'm still frustrated, to be honest, from that game on Sunday. Um, you know, I had been sort of pushing that this would maybe be the time to you know, Hellebuck's in a groove right now, keep him running. LB had a rough game. UC Soros was the difference in that game. But, man, when you look at the Central Division right now, I still check myself every time I see St. Louis and doing what they're doing, considering how bad they looked against the Winnipeg Jets in those two games. And listen, I thought the Jets were clearly the better team for the most part of that game against Nashville. Goal attending means a lot. Uh, don't look now, but the Preds now have won six in a row after being 5-10 and ten to start the season. And both of those teams are right in the mix right now. And it's the Wild who had to break the emergency glass and whack Dean Evison, hoping for a similar turnaround. Just thoughts on where we're at in the Central right now, outside of Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, in the top three playoff spots. Yeah, I'm still not impressed. Like I, I, I've, I legit have no idea how the Blues have a <laughs> above 500 record. Every time I've watched them play, they've been putrid. So like, I mean, maybe it's just part of it that every time I watch a Blues game, like they're awful. But they're bottom 10 in, like, every statistic. But somehow, that like, that equals to them being 11. Like, I, I just don't get it. So I, I'm not buying them. Great for Nashville. But, again, I, I just don't think they're any kind of a serious threat. I mean, that, that just seems to me like a team that's going to be in and around the line. And then come trade deadline time, they sell off some pieces and, and, and tail off. I still say Arizona is the most dangerous out of the – Teams below Winnipeg in the standings in the central. Um, I I not I don't think they're gonna push Winnipeg for third, but they're just gonna be pesky and frisky all the way through, and they're gonna be a tough out. I think they're gonna challenge for a playoff spot because the West is just so god awful right now. And you know, it's 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 the, the tale as old as time with, with NHL coaches, Hus. Dean Evison was fired because he couldn't coach his goalies to make a save. <laughs> End of story. I mean, it, I, I I feel bad for the guy, but again, there's not really much GMs can do in a flat cap world. Can't make too many trades to get your team out of it, so you ax the coach and hope that a new guy miraculously comes in and and <laughs> reverts the goaltending to to where they were last year. I mean, to me, Minnesota's Minnesota may be in more trouble than any of those teams just because of their like outlook and the. The, the cap penalties that they have and all that sort of a stuff. But it might be a good I, thing for Minnesota, to be honest with you. I mean, big picture. Like, when was the last time they had even a top 10 pick? I guess maybe Rossi was ninth or something like that. Yeah. Right? And like before that, like Granlin was in and around like eight, nine, 10. 
I mean, they've never really bottomed out. I mean, Gabrick yeah. might have been their highest selection, which worked out pretty well for it's them. A long but time ago, it's like yeah, 15 20, years. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. I, I I totally agree with you. Like as far as the direction of the team, that makes all the sense in the world. But it unfortunately like jives with how they handed out those extensions to Zuccarello and and Felipe. Like they would have been dream trade chips for the Wild at the deadline. That you're probably talking like maybe a couple first-round picks coming back your way for those two. Um, and now you're just kind of stuck in limbo here. I, I agree, though. I mean, it's it's the way it is in, in, in pro sports right now, Hus, where, you know, being second or third last is much better than being 10th last or squeaking into the playoff. That's like it, you're going to pick a lane. That's the way to go here. Um, and on top of it, I mean, I just – no offense. I do not get the John Hines hiring whatsoever if you're trying to win hockey games. I, he just has he's been pretty unimpressive in, in two different coaching stints right now. Um, so I, I don't get the move there, but I do understand the let's try to do something here to here, kickstart and save the season. We keep this up here, Remo. It, Remo if you can, can you put that back up here? Are the, oh, uh, here are these picks. I don't know if I can. Uh, I don't think I I don't think I can, but I'll read you all. Get the, all this great information, put it up, and then did you have it right there? Just yeah, feel, feel, these, the, these are the wild top ten picks in the last twenty years. I'm on the page. Uh, I guess I just wrote it as a chat, and I, it doesn't stay. But anyways, here's the picks. I'll go over them. Okay, Dumba was seventh. That was the most recent one. Dumba was the highest seventh in 2012. Uh, wasn't Truba eighth? He was yeah. after that, right after. Or Truba might have been ninth. Okay. Actually, yeah, Truba was ninth because uh, the Penguins traded and took Derek Pugliot yeah. in the uh, yeah. pick before. Okay, Not a good pick. So you guys mentioned Granlin, ninth in 2010. Jonas Brodeen was 10th in 2011. And then I got to scroll down. Ninth in 2006 was James Shepard. Uh, fourth in 2005, Benoit Pouliot. And then, let's see, eighth in 2002, Pierre-Marc Bouchard. And sixth in 2001, Miko Koivu, and yes, Marian Gabrick, their highest pick ever, third in 2000. Kind of crazy, actually. Wow, 23 years ago. I said 15. <laughs> feels like feels like 15. You, you can tell we're getting old. But I'll say what, you know, hey, you want to pick in the top five? You know where a good start is, Brandon? Uh, for your goaltenders to be rocking 886 and 875 save percentages and the Gustafson thing is crazy. He looked like he was emerging as a potential superstar goalie. But it just goes to show you that what happens in one season might not happen the next year. And that's why when you have a Hellebuck, a Shesterkin, a Soros, an Ottinger, you're in a different, uh, uh, you know, just a different area code when it comes to the most important position. And uh, you'll probably thank your lucky stars you have that guy every day. Because the goaltending has been a disaster. But that might be the key for them to get a top five pick. And if you're going to be screwed for two years on the cap anyways. And listen, if I'm a fan, I mean, I want to see a competitive team. I want to see the team win. They do have some legitimately good players on that club. Um, but even with those good players on the team, you can lose a lot of games if your goalies can't make saves. Yeah, it's super easy. I, I've, I've seen the Flyers do it for years. It's, it's really not that hard. But I mean, like, but then the frustrating part is right. Like Cam Talbot's almost out of the league last year. He's a Fesna front runner, right? You know what I mean? Like he he's come out of nowhere in a, in a sense, and he's backstopped the Kings to the top record in the West. Right? Like it's this, this is where people do the whole goalies are voodoo thing because you just 
outside of a handful of guys, it, it can vary so much from year to year. And yeah, I agree, man. If you get one of those guys, sign him to seven or eight year contracts and then don't worry about it for a half decade and things will be just fine in terms of goaltending. Um, Brandon, just before we go, um, I did want to ask you about the Flyers. Um, every time I look, they're like in a playoff spot right now. I mean, that probably isn't, is this just Carter Hart playing his ass off right now or are they better than you expected? And um, I mean, are they going to be competitive all year? Are they going to be where we thought they'd be? And I would be in the wild conversation picking in uh, the top of the lottery. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's so flyers to finally, for the first time in your existence, admit you're rebuilding and then immediately turn into a competent hockey team. Like it, it makes it's it's not Carhartt's good, but like they're legitimately playing really good hockey. Like they're they're a good team right now. I I have no idea why and how and why this needed to happen. But like, I, they're, how they're, good of a job be, is Torts doing? He's you know he's re, I mean as you might imagine really polarizing, but. Man, you you look at the number of young guys as well that are kind of having either like massive years or or guys in their mid twenties that are having absolute resurgences. I mean, the the Sanheim to Winnipeg thing almost happened, Hus, uh, back at the draft. He's been one of the better defensemen in the NHL this year. He's, he's like second in time on. He, he just looks like a completely different player. And the same goes for I mean, Farabee's having a bounce back year. Konechny's again playing like a borderline. Not superstar, but he's playing like an all-star yet again. I mean, Couturier's health, right? Like, I don't know. They're just, they're not a bad team. It sucks. I kind of prefer them to be a bad team. But at the same time, I've enjoyed watching them. Like, they're actually fun to watch. They can skate up and down the ice and make passes, which they haven't been able to do for a number of years. So, I don't really know what to think. I, I don't know. I mean, everyone's just kind of waiting for Mishkov to come over. That's like the main thing here. So, everyone's biding their time. I mean, the main thing is just, it's going to be the deadline. And it's like, okay, let's just have a clear mind about this. We sell off a few more pieces. We get a few more assets. We don't we don't become buyers or anything stupid like that. If we get into the playoffs, whatever. Um, but the, keep the eye on the prize is kind of the main thing here. And I, I, I actually feel confident that, you know, management is going to be competent enough to do that. So they're, they're, they're slowly climbing the pecking order in Philly, Hus. Got a long way to go to catch... The other three clubs there, even the union as well. Um, but it's on the up and up, so that's good. Hey, buddy. Um, enjoy this one tonight between the Jets and the Oilers. It should be awesome. We'll look forward to a new edition of Skates and Plates coming up likely tomorrow, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Sounds good. Go Birds. <laughs> Underdogs at home is about as disrespectful as it gets, but that's all right. Well, we'll talk about it next time, man. Yeah, well, I'm on the Niners. Feel free to text me if you want to make a bet on that game. No, I'm good. <laughs> talk to you later. <laughs> All right, there's uh, Brandon Rewicki. Uh Yeah, big weekend of NFL. It does get going tonight with the uh, Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but, of course, our focus is going to be on Canada Life Center this evening. Um, hey, listen, a uh, couple things. We will, at the end of this program, be doing our special marble race for Vita Health and Prairie Naturals for the Trevor Linden autographed jersey and the full line of Prairie Natural Supplements, Canada's number one men's health brand. But I will announce to you right now the final two, um, or I guess the final... Oh, no, we... sorry, final. It's in the wrong order. Um, I'll put them at the bottom right now for you. Oh, okay, I was I okay. was reorganizing them, so it's not they're not in order. 
Okay, well, why don't you just tell us who the final two marbles are? Yeah. The ones that you just I, put in. Uh, Jason Sheps is in. Sheps, right on, buddy. And Kurt Schmidtke is also in. Kurt Schmidtke as well. All right, so Jason and Kurt are going to have a marble at the end. Everyone that's qualified over the course of the month by registering at winnipegsportstalk.com is going to be in for it. And uh, we've got a great prize, and we'll give that out at the end. Of course, it is Men's Health Month finishing up today. Get over to Vita Health Fresh Market for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and the full line of Prairie Natural Supplements, Canada's number one men's health brand. Uh, over at uh, our great partners at Vita Health, and we'll do that for Vita and Prairie Naturals coming up at the end of the show. Um, Billick is on deck, is going to join us um, pretty much right away. Um, but do want to thank the gang over at Wallace and Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist, um, serving residential and commercial su- customers since 1946. I and mean, we've seen their fences all over the city. You might not know that they are the overhead door uh, experts with the largest selection in town. And listen, this month, winter is officially really here. Um, your overhead garage doors had lots of ups and downs heading into winter, working hard to get you and your family to all your summer fun and fall activities. But that overhead garage door is going to work a heck of a lot harder now because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today. For residential and commercial overhead door sales and service, there's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace and Wallace. And hey, suit show tomorrow, and uh, a perfect way to uh, dap our friends over at F Apparel. Guys, if you're uh, thinking about, oh, what do I want for Christmas? Maybe you want to look great in 2024. How about an F Apparel gift card, which you can use on custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Get down. Find them online, F, that's ephapparel.com. You can make an appointment to get fitted out or find out more on gift cards for the upcoming holiday season from, uh, from Winnipeg's number one menswear Store F Apparel. Um, Remo, just before we bring in Billick, I see uh, we've got some more traction on Movember. Man, our Movember donations, it's hard to keep up. And we just got a major donation of $500, Huss, from someone who didn't even put in uh, their name. So thank you to uh, Period. Uh, that is absolutely incredible. So our to- Wow, yeah. an anonymous $500 donation for Movember? Yes, yes. I don't know. Oh. Whoever whoever you are out there, thank you for listening and thank you for supporting. Um, and here's, I mean, I can go through all these so many familiar names in the chat. Us, Running Man. Uh, I put in Tico and Apollies. Gave a super chat while we were in uh, Hamilton. I just did that. Um, Scott Westman in the chat. Uh, anonym, another anonymous donation. Uh, Alana Sutton. In chat, and this was a really nice donation of $69 from Spency. So thank you, Spency. <laughs> thank, thank you, Spency, for your $69 donation. And uh, our totals, you know, you came in today at 3700 total November, and uh, we're at 4628 uh, So, wow. like, almost $1,000 in team donations today. Um, absolutely incredible. And uh, shout out to the guys on our team, too. Um, Chris Nielsen, Leighton Janis, uh, Stephen Ostash, 
uh, One Bird, Ray, uh, Mikey Lindbergh, we've got David Aswin, a number of team members who've all stepped up. They've done their own fundraising and also grown the mustache to uh, raise awareness, and they're sending me pictures. We'll have full rundown uh, tomorrow. I think Mike, I see Mike Wynn in chat. I, I, did he go? I forget if I said it, but what's up, Mike Wynn? Anyway, see, see him tonight. But yeah, yeah you, Windog, Windog, the mayor of 316. He'll be there for our game tomorrow. But, uh, uh, game tonight, tonight, I should say. And oh, and just by the way, quickly on tonight's game as well. And thanks again to everyone that supported Movember. Full wrap tomorrow. Um, if you do want to get in early, we do have the early access to the game. Um, just come by with the WST ticket to the entrance, the indoor entrance in the Skywalk coming out of City Place. And then you're right up the stairs and hang a left. Everyone will be getting together in their hangar bar before the game. But um, we did that. We did those giveaways last time. Won't be doing that this time. But I'm hopefully going to be able to get something from uh, our friends at the Jets uh, for our cheerboard fundraiser next Wednesday at Little Brown Jug. Tickets are available for that right now. Every oh. cent going to the cheerboard as well. Okay, it just showed up. And yeah, showed it to Derek Hohner, also growing a mustache. He sent me an email saying he was enjoying it. But okay, it just showed up on the thing. Modern Man bar- Barbershop with a 500. Oh, Modern Man coming through. Yeah, shout out to Amazing. Modern Man. Okay, so shout out to Modern Man. Big sponsor. <laughs> That's awesome. What we, You know what? I, I think that uh, Alexis and uh, Tony and the guys over at Modern Man were planning on um, you know, making a final day donation to put us over the top. And then everyone did it already. So, I mean, I'm going to come close to 5K. Anyways, phenomenal, phenomenal support for this. What a great month it's been. And uh, obviously, this will be a more fun way to raise a little money for uh, some important people around the holidays. Uh, but those tickets, they're like 1198 Every cent is going to the cheer board. Boston Pizza is providing pizza. Um, obviously we'll have a few beers, we'll have some laughs, we'll get festive. If people want to bring food, any, some holiday treats, I'm sure other WSTers would like to try it, but that's next Wednesday, but please get your tickets now. Um, just because we will have a limited capacity at LBJ. So just want to make sure everyone that wants to go can be, uh, can be a part of it. All right, let's get Billick in here. Tom Gazzola is jumping, uh, on in about 15 or 20 minutes to get ready for this game tonight. Billick, how are you? What's up? Oh, I got to unmute him. Sorry. No, we just quickly have to unmute Scott. There he is. He's unmuted. You got the Simon Says. You got the festive Christmas lights in the background. I got Simon. Yeah, I don't think everybody can see it. Simon, I got the lights. Got the Liverpool jersey. Got some other stuff. A fan. A lot of, like, garbage and crap all over there. So, yeah, it's all right. You got it. Can't complain. Hey, listen, just before we get to the game. um, Yeah. Big bomber news, and I was waiting to sort of bring it up with you. I know uh, we had Ted on earlier, and Freezer's been all over it. Um, but yeah. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders decide to go with Corey Mace. It had come down to Mace and our own Buck Pierce. And uh, that's got to be good news for yeah. Winnipeg to know that they can completely keep this coaching staff and band together after uh, Gavaya, Danny McManus, and most importantly, Kyle Walters re-signing earlier this week. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think the the biggest thing yesterday when when they announced Corey Mace as, as the new head coach was it was it was probably just as big news for Winnipeg that they got to keep the guy who has led Dalton Schoen to the most achieving years in his rookie season, the guy who led you know Brady Oliveira, the engineer, to two thousand yard season uh, overall. Uh, you know, like those things that 
I mean, I it would have been really, really weird, right, Huss, to see Buck Pierce as the head coach of the. It would have been bizarre. It would have been really odd, right? And you know, I, I, I don't get me wrong. Like, I, I imagine he was very serious about doing it, but, and I don't know where, I, I don't know, you know, what happened. You know, did, did Buck eventually maybe turn it down? Was he the first choice? Who knows? I, I don't know. I assume. The, the writers are always going to say it was Corey Mace because that's the guy that they hired. But I would have been, it would have been interesting to see Buck go somewhere else, right? Um, I, but you know that's the thing, like you know where, like I, I assume the next spot for Buck, he started as when I mean, we remember he started as this team's running back coach all those years ago, um, then moved into the quarterback coach, and then moved you know obviously into the OC job. Um, you know, is there a succession plan for him here at some point? Because I imagine next summer it, it only gets he, he only gets more interest if there's more jobs. I mean, there wasn't a lot of jobs this year open um, at this time for for CFL head coaches. So, so yeah, yeah it's interesting. We'll see kind of how how this kind of goes as it goes. But yeah, you know, it, it can't be a bad thing for the Bombers that that all these guys are back, including Kyle Waters, Govaya, obviously Danny McManus, all that. Given the six of this team, like obviously they've lost the last two Grey Cups, but the fact that this team has been in four straight is is a big deal, right? And and you want to keep going. And and Wade Miller, who who runs this club, um, has been very clear in the past about continuity, about about a lot of those things, right? Familiarity. We've obviously seen that when it comes to the roster. Like this roster has by and large been the same, you know, for the most part. Obviously, there's been some changes. And some big ones, obviously, but 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 uh, you know, I, yeah, I think it's good for this team going forward. I, I think it's also going to help the kind of the free agent. Like, if you're Brady Oliveira right now, you're like, I probably want Buck Pierce back, right? I mean, if, if there was anybody that you you wanted back, obviously he's been very vocal about wanting his old line back and that sort of thing. But you probably want the guy that handed you the ball, you know, hundreds of times this year and got you up to fifteen hundred yards, right? So, so yeah. I, you know, I, I I I don't look at it as anything more of a, a positive. It, it, it's the Riders' loss, probably, and, and and the Bombers' gain that they get to keep Buck Pierce and and, you know, and go into twenty twenty four, probably looking for more unfinished business after losing two pickups. You, you know who else was uh, the beneficiaries of it? X users. Um, did you see this <laughs> back and forth between Ball and Dave Naylor? Remo, if you want to get this up, so in November twenty third. This is Ballsy, who is the uh, voice of the Riders, um, a very yeah. unique individual. We'll just leave it there. Uh, many fans have asked <laughs> me who the next coach of the Riders will be, so here's my prediction. Corey Mace will be the next head coach and bring his very good friend and coaching colleague Mark Mueller with him as his OC. Mueller was offered the Riders' OC job last offseason, so that's on the 23rd. So when this news came out yesterday, Ballsy took the victory lap, quote-tweeted himself, <laughs> Uh, exactly as I predicted one week ago. You're welcome. And then Naylor enters the chat and says, the line between reporting and predicting keeps getting blurred. Ballsy claps back, (laughs) says, says the guy that reported before the 2021 Grey Cup that Steinhauer was leaving for a U.S. college job at his alma mater when it wasn't true and he hadn't talked to anyone. Dave, stay in your lane. And then (laughs) Naylor... (laughs) <laughs> climbs to the top of the cage yeah. and drops 
Get out the tape, Michael. Happy to review that one with you anytime you'd like. In the meantime, give my regards to Bo Levi Mitchell's Regina real estate agent. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's the mic drop. That's the that's a tombstone pile driver. That's uh, that's everything. That's, uh, that uh, anyway, unreal. just some entertaining, some entertaining oh, stuff, stuff on the old uh, on the old bird app today. Um, it's like Frank Cervelli and Tim Peel going back at it, and it's just like oh, Frank that just was like incredible. comes in there at the, and just murders Tim Peel, which is kind of funny to see. Frank's had a Anyways. big week. He dropped an F and BS <laughs> on the DFO, which I I agree. You know, that was one thing we didn't touch on pretty much yesterday. And listen, I know yeah. a lot of people love to take shots at the Blackhawks. Um, and listen, did Kyle Davidson do anything? Yeah. No on that. I mean, it's different people running, but they're under a different level of scrutiny. But I'll be honest, I sure. don't have any – I have no issues with the way the Blackhawks have handled this thing. I mean, it seems like a lot of people on social media feel like they're owed all all the information. Let's face it, this, this is obviously something yeah. serious, serious enough to happen that Corey Perry's had his con- contract terminated. It is a workplace incident. So whether we want to call uh, it a victim involved or somebody else, there are other people involved that may not want to be publicized, to be outed, all that. And – Listen, there's a lot of lawyers involved yeah. as well. It is ridiculous in today's day and age, and I will blame losers on social media for inventing, concocting a story that involves an incredibly yeah. young superstar player and their mother and running with it, and then you know kind of what happens. And I mean, to me, that press conference that they did had one reason, and there was only one thing that they could do, kind of try to eliminate that right away. Um, and say that there's yeah. absolutely no credence to this because the longer they didn't say anything to that, the victims were that player and their family member that was gone on. But interested in your thoughts on on just how all that shook out because it was a uh, a very 2023 story, if you will, with the worst of social media going into an organization that, to be honest, I think was doing everything the right way, even though they haven't done it in the past. Yeah, well, it's interesting we're talking about this because it's Chris Johnson from The Athletic now. I think he's on, was he on TSN now too, Chris Johnson? Um, just released Corey Perry's statement to about all this. So he's what this is the thing, Huss. Do you like, have it there? What, what, what is it? Read, read it if you can. I, it, it's, a, it's a long one. I'll oh, read okay. it. I, I would like to sincerely apologize to the entire Chicago Blackhawks organization, including ownership, management, coaches, trainers, employees, and my teammates. I would also like to apologize to my fans. And my family, I'm embarrassed that I have let you all down. As a result of my actions, there have been speculation and rumors. Um, we know which one we're talking about that right now. Um, I'm sickened by the impact this has had on others. And I want to make it clear that, no, that in no way did this situation involve any of my teammates or their families, which, again, is ridiculous that he even has to say that. But most importantly, I want to directly apologize to those who have been negatively affected, and I'm sorry for the additional impact to others that it has created. My behavior was inappropriate and wrong. I've started working with experts in the mental health and substance abuse fields to discuss my struggles with alcohol, and I will take steps, whatever steps necessary, sorry, to ensure this never happens again. I hope to regain the trust and respect of everyone who has believed in me throughout my career. Once again, I am deeply sorry, signed Corey. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's all you got up there. I mean, you know, here's the thing, Huss, like, and, and I get it, like, immediately people want a transparency, right? And then the Blackhawks have promised transparency going forward, but this is not, 
a Kyle Beach situation, right? Like this, the, the thing that they have to, people need to understand, and they don't, and you, you look at Twitter and you saw how big of a cesspool it becomes, is some guy posts this like WhatsApp message that, oh, it was Corey Perry and he, whatever, he, 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 yeah, he, we don't yeah, even need he to get into it around with Bedard's that... mom. And it's, it's so silly, but it, it takes off and then people are like the pressure, right? And it's just like, you have to understand, like people need to understand, like they're, there's potentially a victim here. Like when we knew nothing went happened here, like when we knew nothing about what was going on, and now we've gotten slowly some details and, and that sort of thing, still don't know the full story. But you got to understand, like there might be somebody on the other side of this that needs to be protected, right? And and protected in a way where their identity doesn't need to be coming out or what we, we just don't know at the time. And then, like you said earlier, lawyers and all that kind of stuff. I agree with you. I think the Chicago Blackhawks handled it in the best way that they pro- probably could. Could it have been quicker? I mean, in hindsight, we can all think about all that stuff. But when you're stuck in the crap, right? Like they had to figure it out. And 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 of course, as you said, the scrutiny on this team like, that they're under for every little thing they do, and and rightfully so because they covered up something for a decade plus, right? And and so definitely that it should be there. There should be all this checks and balances that there should be for a team that that, that went through that. But th- we have to understand too. This is a new regime. I think Kyle Davidson. You could see it during that press conference. He was upset, right? Like he was upset. He was, um, uh, I think, frustrated, angered because you know it, it, these unfounded, silly rumors about the number one overall pick, the the next, you know, the next thing in the NHL, whatever you want to call Connor Bedard. And his family and this completely is innocent in all of this and getting and sucked know, and into then, something they had nothing to do that. with. Well, and I think, you know, if you're a Jets fan, right, and you're looking at this and you're one of those Jets fans that are like, oh, yeah, Corey Perry, blah, 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 his, his mom, blah, 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 and you do all that. Remember when you were defending Mark Shifley after his family got it during the Jake Evans thing? Because, like, you know, it's not obviously not the same situation, but like to even bring a, a you know a, a, an eighteen-year-old's mom into this when like there is there is absolutely no, and then people don't even believe the fact that like all these people are coming out and saying it. It's like, I mean, at some point you just gotta take your stupid tinfoil hat off and 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 whatever, right? Like at some point you gotta realize that yeah, that that's not what happened. Somebody made it up. And people just run with it. It, it, it. This is this is the problem that that Twitter. I mean, Twitter's always sort of been like this, but like now it's just like I mean, you can't even believe half anything I mean, that you really Facebook, read on it's and Instagram. It's, 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 oh, it's well, yeah, everything. I mean, it's, it's just generally media, right? the ability to anonymously put out bullshit that yeah. a lot of people, whether then, they believe it or yeah. not, they like it. all. Oh, let's have some fun with this. And anyways, there's a lot of innocent people I think that have had like wildfire, really, really like well, yeah, yeah, and just horrible weeks. It's affected that organization yeah. and the player, and um, I'm just glad that this yeah. is, is out. And obviously, Corey Perry needs some help, and uh, hopefully, he can uh, he can get that. Um, let's get to this game tonight. Um, yeah. This is a huge one uh, for both teams. Big I was one. talking with Dusty. Yeah. I didn't realize the Oilers don't play again until next Wednesday. So they yeah. are like yeah. it's it's all systems go tonight. Leave it all out on the ice. Um, very strange scheduling quirk, but. Um, all of a sudden, Scott, this team is heating up. Connor McDavid is once again nuclear um, with, what, 12 points in his last three games. And yeah. I think we all knew that the Oilers were going to get it together at some point. And, oh, just in time for November 30th. What a test for the Jets to prevent a three-game losing streak of their own 
and do it against a team yep. that we know is going to be relevant if they continue to keep playing the way they are right now and scoring at the rate they are. Well, I mean, this is it, right? You got a team that's looking to win its fourth straight game, I believe, for the first time this season. You got a team that's trying to hold off a third straight loss for the first time this season. So, yeah, it's interesting. And and, and it, it couldn't be a better matchup because if there's one thing that we can say about this Jets team over the last, you know, two or three years, I mean, four years, going back to that, that all-Canadian thing, is the Jets have sort of had Edmonton's number, right? Like, you know, they have players, Adam Lowry, Neil Pionk, obviously. Rick Ponis kind of joked this morning that how do you stop Connor McDavid? And he said Connor Hellebuck, which was kind of funny too, right? So, like, it's – but this team has played them well over the – I think they were 3-1 and one against the Oilers last year. Some of their best games that they've played, even in their in those two crummy years, uh, uh, were against the Oilers. So – but you're right. I mean, this is an Oilers team that, that that is pretty much in desperation in playoff mode now, right? Like it's we're, we're talking about it. We're we're one day away from it being December first, and here's a team that started so poorly. Was it two nine and one? I believe I was talking to Gene Principe today about it, and and but it, interesting thing I talked to Gene Principe about is like it, it it feels like the storm is over. He said like like you know bringing in a new coach and firing Jay Woodcroft like it. Whether or not it was the you know the the best move or the right move or whatever, it's the one that sort of steadied the ship, right? And and it's one of those things where it's like any port in a storm, right? Like you know, and 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 they figured it out, and so now they're going, and it looks like Matthias or Matthias Ekholm is is healthy, and and obviously Connor McDavid is healthy after I, I believe he got injured or at least re, or aggravated an injury on that. I think it was Neil Pionk actually hit him in in their first meeting this season, so. Yeah, it's a huge game for both teams because I think, you know, for the Jets team, if they stick to this five-on-five structure that they've played this year and limit, obviously, the Oilers' you know power play, um, I, I think this is, I don't want to call it an easy game for Jets because there's no easy games in the NHL, but I think the Jets are, are, are a better team than the Oilers based on their five-on-five game. And so if they can shut down that, limit the penalties that they take, um, and maybe get a call on the power play, of their own, um, you know, I think there is there is a good chance of, of beating Edmonton. But you're right; I, I think it is a test game against another hot team because they just they just came well. They just came off two games. They played the Nashville Predators, who had won four straight coming into the game, and the Dallas Stars, who were a little ornery after losing their game, but have been you know the top of the class in the Central Division. So, yeah, big game and and one that I think the Jets want to kind of get back to the idea. Um, uh, I think they want to stop the bleeding, right? I mean, this is a team that is, has prided itself on being able to to really handle adversity and not let big problems or not let these slides happen and that sort of thing. Um, and especially lately after, you know, they went 9-2-2 two, and two there um, under Scott O'Neill. So, yeah, I mean, I, I expect a good game, um, but I expect the Jets to come out and kind of show their kind of moxie against this Edmonton team. Scotty, awesome stuff as always, man. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll look forward to uh, your uh, writing in the Winnipeg Sun tomorrow. And uh, obviously, we got Bedard and the Hawks here on um, Saturday. That's going to be a good one, too. Flying eh? the 48s yeah. against the Canes. Um, but yeah. all eyes big tonight week. on uh, this big one against the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Uh, have a good one. We'll chat soon, pal. Yeah, for sure, man. See you later. All right. More coming up on this uh, Jets-Oilers tilt tonight with uh, Tom Gazzola, who's going to join us in just a minute. Uh, but Remo, we have had more activity 
for the Movember movement. And we are officially with that very generous $500 donation from Modern Man and some other late uh, late donations. We have, we have surpassed $5,000. I can't believe it. Have we? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Here we are. 5048 My phone is going crazy uh, with the donations because they're all team donations. I know the guys who are uh, growing mustaches uh, are pumped to see uh, all the uh, all the dollars coming in, uh, all the donations. So here, do you want me to go over what we've had just since Scott came on? Yeah, I've got them right here. So Modern Man came in with the big 500 to get us well, mm -hmm. well, well past the 4,000, which we were hoping to get to. Daryl Morosky in with $200. Daryl, thank you so much. Looks like my mom has entered the chat. Lynn Patterson, her and uh, Mama and Papa Patterson uh, popping in and supporting us. Thank you guys very much. And Gordon McNamee with a $120 donation. And, and Gordon's got a message in memory of my neighbor, Corey Joss, who passed away last week in Brandon of prostate cancer in 46, at 46. Very sorry to hear that, uh, uh, Gordon. And my good friend, John Bestone, fighting the fight against prostate cancer. Um, you know, that is what it's all about. Men's health, getting checked, preventing that from happening, and uh, remembering those. So uh, Gordon, um, Daryl Morosky, and then Modern Man, Running Man, um, the T. Konopoly, and T. Konopoly, we should let, uh, <laughs> he uh, gave us that donation for it through a super chat earlier. Um, Scott Westman today, Alana Sutton, Anonymous, Spency, Robert Ladler, Lindsay Lepke, Jeff Butler earlier today. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. And then Darren Chalice and our pal Joe Witherspoon from uh, the gang over Consolidated Supply yesterday. Uh, and Matthew Honer, of course, supporting Derek, who I saw at the game, and his stash is looking great. So a full recap tomorrow of everything that happened with Movember. We'd set out to raise two grand, and you people blew it out of the park with over $5,000. And uh, again, thanks so much to the um, uh, Modern Man team and our Mo Bros, the guys that grew the stashes. We've got a guy coming up that can't grow a stash but looks pretty damn good in camo i will tell you that um but hey don't forget stick around at the end of the uh end of the show we've got this uh, special end of november marble race for the linden jersey and the prairie natural supplements from vita health and prairie naturals we will do that and we've got a very very fun look at the cool bet lines after dusty and i going at it in the lock shop today with the jets taking on the oilers but if you're at the game tonight i know we all will be you can just take a little scoot down the hallway to Section 310 and Craft Beer Corner and enjoy 1919s and Little Brown Jug Generic Laggers. If you're in the lower bowl, Section 126 is where that happens. And in addition to enjoying Winnipeg's favorite local beer at the game, we're all going to be getting together again next week, Wednesday, December 6, 7 o'clock, Little Brown Jug for a holiday party in support of the Christmas cheer board. Tickets are, I believe, $11.98. There's a link in the description. If you're listening on the podcast, go to winnipegsportstalk.com. Jump on it. Every cent going to the cheer board. Boston Pizza's donating some pizza for the event. We'll also have Nick and Nikki DQ dropping some DQ treats for everyone. We'll enjoy some little brown jugs. And we're also working on a little bit of a raffle. We'll uh, do five tickets for 10 bucks. 
Little Brown Jugs putting together a great package. We'll grab a couple of other prizes from us and maybe another sponsor or two. And uh, listen, if our support for the cheer board is anything like your support for Movember, it is going to be a great, great event. So uh, book that down. Most importantly, let's get together and have some fun at the holidays. Uh, but while we're doing it, let's support the cheer board and, uh, and do it up. And again, big shout out to Nick and Nikki for their support. Three DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ Niverville, and don't forget they've also got that pita pit in Niverville, now open, healthy, fresh, delicious, fast, so damn good. They do great catering as well. Hit them up for catering options at pita pit Niverville on X or Instagram, and you can um, uh, and they will deliver citywide. All right, let's get back to the main event tonight. That is Oilers and Jets straight out of the bow zone. Tom Gazzola of Edmonton Sports Talk joins us now at ESTHQ. Handsome Tommy, buddy. It's great to have you on the program. I know I did just take a shot about your lack of a stash, but hey, everyone would love to have that baby face at your advanced age. What's going on? <laughs> uh, thank you for having me on, Huss. And, and Remo came into the nasty chat, I think it was like a week ago, and he was chirping the baby face, and I appreciated that chirp. It was well played, but I was like, really, Michael? <laughs> really and um so yes uh i actually it it might surprise a lot of people but uh i can grow a mustache it is disgustingly bad uh i am not blessed with strong like dark facial hair it is like blonde blonde and uh, it does need grecian five to be pronounced but it does exist so uh yeah i shave it because otherwise i look like someone threw dirt on my face but uh it's all good over here hey little brown jug uh, looks delicious. I love seeing like the production of beer. And we just launched our six o'clocker lager uh, here in Edmonton uh, with a fantastic local brewer, Alley Cat. And I would send over a flat of this for some little brown jug or, or anything yes. to, we to make, make a we, we'll straight make, up We'll exchange. make a little bit of a trade. Uh, we'll get you guys out yeah. here. We'll uh, head down to LBJ and have a few. And then we'll do the same thing down at Alley Cat in Edmonton. Yes. And congratulations on that. I was. I wanted to come in town just for the tasting uh, with the fellas. Um, everything. It's going great for you guys. It is somewhat interesting that as you've been spending a little bit of extra time throwing the camo on in the bow zone and yeah. Dusty's been taking <laughs> over the post-game shows, right? the Oilers have started winning. Um, like We know what you struggled through and went through for that first month of the season when it could not have been more doom and gloom. And listen, cost Jack Campbell a spot on the club. It cost Jay Woodcroft. Um, but it seems like there are some uh, some momentum with this club coming into tonight. And uh, the bottom line is we knew Connor McDavid was going to explode at a certain point, but uh, 12 points in three games, 97 is leading the way and dragging this team back into it, it seems. Yeah, Huss, he's healthy. Bottom line, he's healthy. That extra burst that we always see him, the patented McDavid uh, turbo, if you will, we like to joke, we say he's going supernova, whatever you want to call it, like it's back. So the health is there. Obviously, there was issues earlier in the season, about a month ago, that Minnesota game, I think, is where it really got bad. And uh, and then he was banged up for, you know, he came back for the Heritage Classic, and it just it didn't seem like he was right. But now his body is healed. They've had a favorable schedule, the Oilers have, in terms of days between games, so times for him to get a little bit of extra rest in. 
And looks like he's taken full advantage of that. And now in the last week, he was the first star of the week last week. You mentioned the 12 points in the last three games. He does have that extra spark. And, and with that, you know, he's helped Leon Dreisaitl start to refine his game. Although the points have been there for Dreisaitl, but he was missing his one-timers. The power play wasn't connecting. It looked off. Power play two, which rarely plays, was actually the the unit that was getting them some goals a couple of weeks ago. Now power play one is starting to to get back to that, you know, historic uh, type of play that it had last year where it was, what, around 32%. It ended the season. So things are starting to work for this team. And most importantly, the penalty kill. Penalty kills killed off 18 straight. That's huge. Uh, Mark Stewart, former Jet, has been excellent in helping to reshape and and get this group uh, when it, with the man disadvantaged hey, to, just to really play on together. That, Dusty brought that up in the lock shop yeah. today. and. uh you know, I, I'll be honest. I maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I, I wasn't sure whether Stu was caught up in the uh, the firings of Woodcroft and Manson, but it sounds like he's still there. And yeah, the uh, former Jet defender getting a lot of credit for uh, a perfect PK, eighteen for eighteen over the last six games, I believe. Immaculate, yes. Um, and and like Dave Manson, also former Jet. Uh, you know, it was tough to see him go. He's been going through a lot in his personal life, uh, the passing of his wife and all that. So that was sad. Like I was going to start off this segment by saying, you know, the night that they lost to the San Jose Sharks three two in San Jose, um, D- uh, Dusty and Matty Owanek were calling it the uh, the post game oil stream cold open, where I absolutely just shredded the Oilers for, I think it was like seven or eight minutes. And I was like, they're the worst team in the league now, even though they were tied with San Jose at that point. And, you know, they lost to San Jose, a team that could barely score two goals. They gave them three, couldn't get three on San Jose, a team that allowed, I think it was like four plus at the time. That was the depths of the lows for the Oilers uh, just, you know, three weeks ago. And, um, you know, McDavid getting healthy, Drysaddle picking it up, them getting a little bit of goaltending from Stuart Skinner. Jack Campbell's game, obviously, with him down in Bakersfield now. He's trying to refine it. He had a, uh, a shutout the other night, which is good, but I don't think there's any rush to get him back up here in Edmonton. Calvin Pickard's going to just, you know, keep the fort held down as the backup as Skinner continues to get the starts. And it's it's almost been like it's steadied out and the waters have gotten a bit calmer. And And you know what? Jay Woodcroft is a good coach. Jay Woodcroft will probably be another, he'll get another head coaching opportunity at some point. He'll probably bring Dave Manson with him. And that's not knocking Chris Knobloch. Like they put Chris Knobloch into a tough position, but the bottom line is he has good players to to coach. Yes, he has a limited roster. Yes, Ken Holland put him into that position. Yes, Jeff Jackson, Ken Holland, and now Paul Coffey have to figure out what the future is for this team. But they also at the same time need to get back into the playoff mix. And, you know, this couple of weeks where they put together some wins a couple of three game winning streaks has kind of gotten them closer uh in the locker room post game the other night as dusty was filling in for me because yes i've been hunting or doing a hunting show uh on wild tv which you can watch nationwide um you could tell the demeanor of the group and they know that they're back on track to a certain extent However, you get the sense that they also are fully aware of the hole that they dug in the first month of and a half of the season and how the, the process won't be easy and they have work to do and they're going to climb out of it. So there is that business component to their demeanor, which is good because, I mean, they played atrociously bad for a good chunk of the season. 
And, you know, for Oiler fans, it's a relief to see them getting some results against good teams. Yes, they caught Vegas at a time when the Golden Knights couldn't score. And yes, they blew a two-goal lead in the last six and a half minutes. But Vegas is still a good team. They're still atop the Pacific Division for a reason, um, despite the fact they had played the night before not particularly well in Calgary and lost that one in OT. The Oilers got the two points. So a win is a win. That's kind of the motif we were going with yesterday on EST. And now you look at this Winnipeg Jets team, despite them losing a couple of games, the Jets have a lot of weapons. We've talked a lot about how good they are five on five. Maybe the Oilers can catch them on special teams, but if the Oilers are going to do that, they're going to have to have their feet moving. They're going to have to create uh, opportunities for themselves on the man advantage because if, if they just expect the refs to call penalties and ticky-tack ones, that's a, that's a loser mentality. So Edmonton's going to have to have its feet moving, force Winnipeg to chase them, force Winnipeg to get holds and, and bad sticks in there, and then when the Oilers do get their opportunities, take advantage like they have lately. And, you know, they're going to get a boost from Zach Hyman. Looks like he's good to go. He missed the, the last game against Vegas with an illness. And there's a lot of things that are working. Hyman's been excellent for the team all season long. One of the c- consistent parts of this Oilers team has been Hyman playing good from the outset. Evander Kane has been very good from the outset. Kane now eight goals in his last eight games. And then now you sprinkle in McDavid and Drysaddle playing better. Nugent Hopkins has been a little bit better. He's moving his feet. Uh, some contributions from the bottom six, which is nice. And the defense has cleaned things up a little bit as well. This Oilers team is putting together some good elements, but it's not there yet. Hey, uh, just a lot of chat uh, or ch- chat in the chat about tonight's game. Uh, yeah, if you're coming with the WST pack and you want to get in early, there is early admission think probably we'll get run there run in there 5 30 ish before set up shop in that hangar bar before everyone else comes in um if you do want early entry i believe schickster has just clarified it's gate six um but essentially it's the indoor gate on the second floor just inside the entrance to city place um so just show just say you're a winnipeg sports talk uh, package buyer get in there and uh, we'll see you up there for a couple pops before uh, what should be a really interesting game. Um, Tom, you know, I was listening to some numbers about the Jets-Oilers matchups in Winnipeg earlier. Jets are 4-1 and in their last five. Obviously, they had that comeback win earlier in the year at mm-hmm. Rogers Place in Edmonton. I was at that game, and it didn't look good early after being down 2 nothing. and the Jets battled back, won it in the extra frame. Um, I do... I am interested in, with all of the... Um, focus on just what's been happening lately with Edmonton. Um, What the Oilers, um, both players and coaching staff, have been saying about the challenge of coming in here to Winnipeg against a team that has played them pretty tough in Mm. the McDavid era. Well, it's it's interesting. I always enjoyed when I was hosting Oilers TV going to Winnipeg because the games, you never know what to expect between the Oilers and the Jets. Like, we've seen some tight checking games, low-scoring affairs. The the playoff series kind of was an interesting uh, – it was its own kind of little it was the element. closest sweep of all time. Yeah, it was incredible. But the games between the Oilers and the Jets, there's so much offensive firepower potential that I always think that we're expecting the over. I expect the over tonight with the way the Jets can score, the way the Oilers can open up the offense. Uh, Edmonton – despite how good Connor Hellebuck is, Edmonton sometimes finds ways to get to him. I mean, when you have McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman, Kane, Nugent Hopkins, like 
you can get to the best of the best in the NHL. And Hellebuck is the best of the best in the NHL. And then at the other end, the Oilers, you're not sure what they're going to get. A, defensively, they could be spotty. And then that leaves the goaltending out to dry. And B, you never know what you're going to get in gold. Generally, you're thinking Stuart Skinner should be there for you, but he's had some rough patches uh, this season, certainly last season. How much season, better has he been times, lately? Because it does seem like they've uh, been mixing a few more saves in over the course of their winning ways. Yeah, he's been steadier. I wouldn't say he's been excellent, but where he has been better in recent games is in key moments, right? Like there, there have been goals he's allowed that you're like, I think Stu should have had that one. Um, but the team has either bounced back and and not sagged after goals like that, or he's bounced back and made the big save at a key moment after that to allow the team to go back the other way, create an opportunity, and then, you know, for the Oilers lately, it is get that goal. So he has been steadier. I don't want to give him the excellent tag, but um, his key moments, that's where I think he's been a little bit more clutch, and, and that's something that has had lacked earlier in the season. On top of the fact that they were so porous defensively that they were giving out chances like they were candy on Halloween. So um, there's been a little bit of, of a little bit of column A, a little bit of a column B. But to Skinner's credit, you know, in those instances where they need him, more so now he's made that save. You know, um, just take a quick look at these standings right now because. You know, it really did seem, and I'm not sure that it's still at all realistic for the Oilers to get into the top three in the Pacific, even yeah. with this run that they've been on at 6-4-0 in their last 10 and with three wins in a row. Still 12 points back of the LA Kings, who lost last night at home mm. after being outshot or after out shooting caps 38 to 15. But the wild card situation certainly looks a lot more doable right now. And, you know, I know that at one point the Euler playoff number was in and around 36, 37%, depending on where you were. Um, but it really did just take a, a few wins and, I mean, listen, a big boost from McDavid, I think, to get that belief there in the room that, you know, with a couple more wins, they're right there with the, the Blues in Nashville who are in those spots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... It's going to be interesting. Like, they've pissed away games. I'll just straight up say it to the Vancouver Canucks three times already this season. And those were lopsided affairs. The 8-1 loss, uh, the 6-2 loss, or 6-3, whatever it ended up. Like, they, they weren't in it. Uh, they broke pretty easily in that game in Vancouver, the second one. And then the one that they played first weekend of the regular season, the home opener, they lost uh, by a goal in that game. They were kind of in it, but you, it was kind of like a phony game for the Oilers where you're like, I think Vancouver's going to pull this one out. Edmonton's trying to muster it up, but they just they weren't there. So those losses to the Canucks were were huge and obviously a good boost for Vancouver, which is having a tremendous season. So when the Oilers play the Kings, they're going to need to win those games. When the Oilers play the Golden Knights, they have a couple more matchups against them, even though they leaked a point away to them the other night. They're going to have to win those games. These Pacific Division matchups, if the Oilers really want to catapult themselves, if you will, they still have. 61 games left this year. Um, these interdivisional matchups are going to be huge. They can't leak any more points away to to those teams. Um, the LA games are going to be monumental. So if if they want to even give themselves a glimmer of hope of getting into the top three, that's going to need to happen combined with one of those three teams or two of those three teams going on uh, extended skids. But 
it is realistic for them to get back into the wild card mix. And, you know, for them, they have to be myopic. Just put on the blinders, go one game at a time. Who cares who your opponent is? Should be able to have the uh, chance in every single game with the roster that the Oilers do have. But they also need to keep in mind how poor that they can play. They've proven that so many times this season. Um, this is going to be big in getting them back into the mix, building that confidence. And and I think that is part of why they have this business-like approach right now because of how bad they were. And I think they realize that. And they should realize. They should feel shame. Like, shame on you for being so bad. And I think that is part of their mantra right now. Well, I got to tell you, this has been one we've been looking forward to since the schedule dropped. The WST crew will be representing up in the Upper Bowl tonight. and uh, Excellent. I hope that you've got a really angry fan base losing their minds in the nasty chat after the game. But we'll see what happens, Tommy. Um, great stuff as always, and uh, continued success to all you guys. Have a 6 o'clocker for me after the show tonight. Got one ready to go right here. Six o'clock or longer. If you're ever coming into town in Alberta, if you're making your way from uh, the lovely province of Manitoba, uh, you can get them uh, at Sobeys and Safeway liquor stores. Uh, they're going fast. Today's the launch, and uh, they're like hotcakes, man. Uh, it's a good beer, too. So we'll have to send some over to you guys. Yeah, well, you know what? I think uh, our uh, pal Brazil, a big lock shopper, has been uh, is has already got a 2-4 on the way here. So uh, Excellent. I'll get in on that tasting, and uh, I'm sure before long we'll see you in person out there in Edmonton. Tommy, thanks for doing this, man. Have a great one tonight. Thank you, Huss. Thank you, Remo. Good stuff. There is Tommy Gazzola. And some Tommy holding it down on uh, EST post-game duties. Dusty was filling in while he was in the bow zone, but uh, he'll be back tonight for this big one between the Jets and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, all right. Uh, it's not Friday, but we do have a special marble race to get to. We'll do that in just a minute, but uh, let's get Michael Remus back in here. And uh, Reem, mm -hmm. I'm really sensing a lot of excitement about this game tonight, both in the chat from everyone that'll be joining us for game two of our four-game Winnipeg Sports Talk pack. But I mean, uh, even though vibes were dulled a little bit with these uh, results in the last couple games, um, the Jets can get right back to where they want by sending the home fans happy tonight against Edmonton. Yeah, two losses in a row. Unacceptable. Us. Can't have that. Okay. Do you want to be in the playoffs or not? You got to quash this losing streak. And more importantly, the WST crew coming down, Section 316. We had to sit through that game against the LA Kings. Terrible. So we want to see. That was some... the low point of the entire season. That it was, was the low point. I mean, Velarde getting hurt, um, Sandberg getting smashed after that um well he wasn't really even ready to fight and he got it and again we'll talk more about blake lazat and the return match against the kings coming up next week but tonight it's about containing 97 and 29 yeah and getting back into the wind column against the oilers now speaking of that let's get to the cool bet lines we had we found this out today and we'd been pretty hot like with the the picks and obviously we're putting together the lock shop partner parlays How's this for a stat today, Remo? Pat Gregoire came on today from Coolbet, and they're always, they pride themselves on being the most transparent book around. If you had put a $10 wager on all of our lock shop partner parlays for the month of November, you would have been up $208, almost 21 units. Uh, 
I, I was stunned at that number. Um, but that just goes to show that we've been feeling good. But tonight, there's very much a head-to-head -head nature of this because we've got a Winnipeg sports talk parlay. Dusty did an Edmonton sports talk parlay that has all the big boys on the Oilers scoring and them winning. We don't want any piece of that. However, how about this for uh, tonight? Kyle Connor to score a goal. Our Connor. Well, both our Connors need to be big tonight. We don't have a prop on Connor Hellebuck. But Kyle Connor to score. Mark Shafley to get a point. Josh Morrissey to get a point. And the Jets to win. We've got that boosted up to plus 550. So a KFC goal, a point for Shifley and Morrissey, and the Jets win plus 550. That's the Winnipeg Sports Talk Parley. If you click the exclusives when you go down there, you just have to click more. There it is. You can see it right at the bottom. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Wait, you click why, more. You got to talk to Cool Bed Hus. Why does Edmonton Sports Talk get the third spot here? And we're, we have to click more? What is you that? You know what? I think it's because we were the last what ones, the last ones in. And I guess Pat's a big lacrosse guy. No. WSTers will find it. Maybe they wanted to hide it just because we've been killing them so much. That's, that's, <laughs> it's probably right. That could yeah. be it. That could <laughs> yeah, be it. They don't want to give away too much money. Um, um, but we did put together a, uh, a lock shop partner parlay. We've actually got two, one for the football game tonight. But we figured that this is going to be one where we don't we don't touch on who wins the game, but we'll take the over in the game, over six and a half total goals, and focus in on the centers of attention. McDavid to get two or more points, and Shifley to get two or more points, and over six and a half. That's at nine to one. So that is our sort of truce partner parlay, if you want to jump in on that one. And again, we won't spend too much time on the NFL game because it's hockey night in Winnipeg tonight. But the Cowboys and Seahawks are going at it. Um, the uh, Seahawks are nine-point underdogs. The total is 47.5. Kind of leaning towards taking the points. But, man, Dallas has been good at home beating mediocre teams. But our lock shot partner parlay, which we have done very well in these primetime games, uh, JSN, Jackson Smith, Nigba, Nijigba, um, 44 or more receiving yards. Brandon Cooks, 42 or more receiving yards. And Geno Smith, 22 or more pass completions. That's at plus 525. So we got a lot for you there in the exclusives. If you want to jump on that, it's been a great month. Let's finish strong, preferably with a win in the WST parlay because that would mean the Jets win. But it's all there at Cool Bet for you. And use the promo code WST if you haven't played there before for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. And we did have those um, exclusives for the PGA yesterday. I'm just taking a look to see, and what do you know? Tony Finau, my guy, five under par, tied for the lead at the Hero World Championship. But I think what we all want to know is where is Eldrick Tiger Woods today? Tiger is at three over. Uh, but he does have three birdies or four birdies. But, man, he's sort of fallen apart in these last few holes. A double on 15, bogey on 16, bogey on 17. And uh, he's three over par heading to uh, the third. The good thing is that there is no cut in this event. And uh, nice to see Will Zalatoris back out there, although he's struggling. Eight over par through 15. 
All right. Um, Remo, I think it's time for a special edition of Marbles. Are we ready to do this? We are ready. We do have a couple mo more Movember donations. Oh, well, let's, let's recognize them. We, <laughs> the more, the merrier. They're coming in. Our total now, uh, 52 over 5,200, 53.43. Wow. On the page. This is, we started with 3,700 today. Uh, huh. We had that big $500 donation from Modern Man. We got yeah. a number of really nice ones throughout the show today to uh, continue uh, raising money for men's health. This is awesome. Yeah. So Euro Can Enterprises donated 120. Shout out to Eurocan. That's yeah. beautiful. Give them a big shout out. And we got one more that hasn't shown up on the page. Uh, Chris Vermet gave a nice, uh, nice $75 donation as well. Shout out to Chris Vermet. Chris, right on. If you're at the game tonight, pop by. I know you've got seats who, uh, you know, we're at all the WST games, but uh, pop up and see us in the 316 bar when uh, you get to the game tonight. Thanks again to Chris, longtime listener. You know, when I think of Chris, he and I uh, went to a game together. Was it last year or the year before against Carolina? And when I saw that the Jets were playing Carolina on the Monday, that was exactly what I thought. That was a game where that was two, two teams in completely different weight classes at that time. This is going to be a huge test for the Jets against the Canes coming up on Monday. But uh, more important things to worry about right now. Oilers tonight. Tomorrow we'll get ready for Bedard's debut at Canada Life Center and the Blackhawks. And then Monday coming out of the weekend, getting ready for the Canes, where the Jets will wear the 48 jerseys for the RCAF for the first of three times this year on home ice. Yes, uh, a big, big tilt tonight. Going to enjoy seeing the Oilers, Connor McDavid, but need the Jets to get out of this two-game slide. But also the return of Gabe Velarde, very exciting stuff. You got it. All right, so uh, Remo, why don't you get marbles ready? Once again, we need to thank our great sponsors at Vita Health Fresh Market. Six Winnipeg locations, your go-to spot for um, natural and organic groceries, beauty products, and of course, the best in supplements. And here we have it, Prairie Naturals, the full line of, man of Canada's number one men's health brand. We've got the Prost Force, Vigor Force, Trib, Andro, Z-Mag, Multi-Force Men, Stress Force, and Test Force. So they've got something literally for uh, everything. So our winner will get this entire package from Vita Health, or Vita Health and Prairie Naturals. And the grand prize, Prairie Naturals spokesperson, Trevor Linden, kindly throwing up a beautiful autographed jersey. I'm keeping it in, but you can see it's got the hologram on it. A beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, um, signature along the one of the 16. And it comes complete with the certificate of authenticity. So a special thanks to my guy, Bonte, Kelly, Matt, and the entire Vita Health team for their amazing support of WST over the last couple of years. And this is a hell of a way to get into December and finish off Men's Health Month. And do not forget that um, Prairie Naturals are on sale today as well. And if you want to get out of those sale prices, fully shoppable website uh, at myvita.ca so you don't even need to leave your home. 
to take advantage of those deals. All right, here are the qualifiers. Um, and we started at the beginning of the month. We were doing one marble a day for the first couple weeks. We boosted it to two marbles a day this week. So here is everybody that has entered with a marble in for a grand prize today. Shane Croker, Spency, David Zirk, Riley Smith, Derek Schmidt. Derek, we'll see you at the game tonight. We're looking forward to seeing how your stash is coming in. Theo Seegers, Sean Adelano, Mike Pittman, Bailey, the intern, Chris Fedun, Mike Carrar, Tanner Stepnuck, Norm Gradecki, Ernie Waldner, Rhonda Prashot, Herb Sturman, Scott Westman, Joe Sidus, Andy Slusharchuk, and then today the final two marbles in, Kurt Schmidtke and Jason Sheps. Those will be the contestants. Everyone gets a marble. For doing a prize like this, there's only one way to do it on Winnipeg Sports Talk, and that's to lead to a grand finale, which is about to happen right now. An early week marble race, which we don't get too often. Although, we did have such a great time doing the uh, Marbles Tournament of Champions last December. I have a feeling you're going to want to stay tuned to see what we've got coming up in December. But right now, it's for this amazing autographed Trevor Linden jersey with certificate of authenticity and the full line of Prairie Naturals supplements from Canada's number one men's health brand. All right, Reem, what, uh, what do you got for us? Which track are you um, thinking? I was testing some out. Uh, we're you not doing what? the marble I think race. We go. Yeah. yeah, I go think ahead. we go for this one. I think we go with an established, yes. established track. And I think the Slippery Slopes. We're going to do okay. Sure. Slippery Slopes is definitely top three all time. It's a bit of a longer race. There's a number of things that go into it. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of snow flying right now. We're getting into December, the holiday season. I don't think we could go wrong with slippery slopes. Sure. Done, done deal. And, uh, yeah, these people, what, they entered the contest. We picked qualifiers. WinnipegSportsTalk.com slash contest. I will say we have tickets uh, on our website for the Moose game Sunday. WinnipegSportsTalk.com. Uh, I'll have to put it at the slash tickets. I'll have to put it at the top. At the top there, but uh, I'll put it in the chat, and uh, you can enter for that as well. So yeah, a lot of stuff. Go afternoon game, uh, afternoon game on the uh, on the weekend. Moose are home Friday. If you missed yesterday, we had a fun conversation with Danny Jilkin, fifteen games into his pro career, yesterday, and uh, we'll have regular marbles with the full Tristan Rivers intro tomorrow. But uh, today. This is uh, These are all the qualifiers. Everyone that went to winnipegsportstalk.com and put their name in, we uh, spun the wheel behind the scenes every day, picked one, and then this week we picked two. So congratulations to everyone that did it. But, yeah, if you do want to win Moose tickets, get back to the website and uh, click on that, and we'll announce some winners tomorrow, and Remo will uh, throw those out during uh, tomorrow's show. 
All right, so are we uh, you doing this here? Here we are. So everyone that we just read out has a marble. You've uh, you've confirmed, Remus. We are good with everyone that we just read. Is uh, is all there? Yes. Perfect. So here we are, gang. The slippery slopes. The finale of Men's Health Month. Although tomorrow, with all of your amazing donations for November, we'll do a full recap of that. Check the stashes on the guys as we get ready. But again, autographed Trevor Linden jersey. Absolutely beautiful. Certificate of authenticity. And Trevor Linden is the spokesperson for Canada's number one men's health brand, Prairie Naturals. So our winner is going to get both of these packages. Uh, it's an incredible prize. Thanks again to uh, Ryan and Kelly and the gang at Vita Health for all of their support in making this happen. It's been a real fun month. Thanks to everyone that entered. Good luck to all of our finalists. And without further ado, let's see who's getting this great grand prize as we finish up a game day edition of WST before heading down to Canada Life Center to take on the Oilers. Let's right. go. Hold on, hold on one sec. Uh, apparently, T. Will is supposed to be in, and I don't have, I don't have uh, T. Will in. So. I do remember T. Will won. What happened? Did he well, get, accidentally. Well, get what happened? Up, well, what happened was, Huss, you know, you gave away, gave away spots to winners in the, in the marble. Like if you finish second, but then you said yeah. email to confirm your entry. Like I don't want to have people. Now I know T. Will, and I have his information, yeah. so. But I don't want to have people, like, I can't message people on YouTube, and I don't want to have people that we can't, have no way of contacting. Yeah, no. I went, no way of contacting them after. So I didn't, if they didn't email to confirm, which you instructed people yeah. to do after they qualified in a marble race, I, I, got didn't, you. I didn't include them. So, so T. Will didn't do that. He just so assumed that did, he was in. Yeah, T. Will didn't okay. do that. So All he's right. here well, now, and we'll, people we'll in the chat are verifying. I will... Yeah, I will that is true. I will adjust. That's why I'm glad we went through all this. But again, we have instructions for a reason. Remus can't, you know, just remember everything. Well, I can I can write it down, but if we don't have a way, don't yeah, a way no, to you're contact, exactly right. Like we don't have a way to contact them after, like yeah, then we're just stuck with the prize if people don't know. What and they then want. it's like, hey, we're shouting into the hey, contact us, like yeah, I, I don't know, like. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm not doing All that. All right. So. so it's a last minute ad of T. Will, who did qualify as a uh, to, we to did be second fa- and third place. To be fair to T. Will, uh, he's currently with his family driving to Fargo <laughs> and, and tuned <laughs> in for this. So shout I love out, it. I love, love it. the dedication. Shout out to T. Will. Shout out to T. T. Will. No, and yeah. T. Will did justifiably. This is no. There's no funny business. He did. He did win a marble. I was kind of wondering if we missed anyone. I love this. Joey Pegs. This is an unbelievable reference. Remo is the Jack Tunney of marble races. Hey, hey. Old school. What do you mean? Jack Tunney oh, was, was the old was that president, president of the WWF. He was great. He was the he was the uh, the conscience of the WWF oh. when, frankly, they needed it. They needed a conscience. Uh, and then Vince just basically just took over all, and it uh, it went from there. All right, appreciate the patience, everyone. We're just adding T. Will in here. Yeah, added in T. Will. All right, so uh, here we go. Big prize, T. Will. Drive safely. Don't drive off the road if you uh, win this thing here. Um, T. Will's been added to all of our qualifiers. 
We are on the slippery slopes, an all-time great <laughs> track. And this isn't going to be a massive. There's not 200-plus people like there normally is. It's a smaller race because these are all of our qualifiers. Good luck to everyone. Thanks again for entering. Thank you to Vita Health and Prairie Naturals. Good luck to everyone. Let's ride the slippery slopes on marbles. Here we go. This is going to be easier, quite a bit easier, I think, to call and see how things are going. But again, slippery slopes is a long one. You get onto the skis later on. Tanner Stepnuck, which with a very slight lead. Joe Situs, T. Will in the mix right there. Nice start. Rhonda Pershot. Got a couple female entrants in. I'm not sure if the females will want to be crushing the men's supplements, but we will see. Rhonda is in first place right now. Very nice start for Rhonda. Uh, Sean Atalano, Theo Seegers, Ernie Waldner, and Spency. All right, we're now into our first funnel. You know what's interesting? It seems like there's other like marbles or dummy marbles that are here that we don't really see when we've got a million. Oh, Riley Smith's been eliminated. Spills just took a spill. But I think Shane Croker is in first place right now. Again, working through the slippery slopes. Shane slowed down a little bit, though. Who will come out first? Chris Fedun's looking pretty good. There's Ron. No, Shane is still, Shane still has a very slight lead. And Shane Croker is going to be getting onto the ride to get into the uh, into the ski portion of the event first. Although he's just stopped. Very slow moving right now. All right, Shane, Chris Fedun is now past him. We got three or four marbles all coming in at the same time. Here comes Chris. Here comes Shane, Joe Situs, and Rhonda Prashad are all onto the first ski. Sean Adelato, there's Herb Sturman. Kirk, Scott Westman's now. Tanner. There's still a few. Norm Gradecki's just about to get on there for the first time. But we've got a number of marbles very bunched up as we negotiate the ski portion of the slippery slopes. They're coming back down the final up ski and now down. And it looks like we've got a group of about five or six marbles. Now, this was a good choice for us to use for this race today. Uh, oh, wow. The other the other ones have gone first. So Shane Croker, Joe Situs, Theo Seegers, and now the rest of the pack is coming on strong. Joe Situs is in first place. Tanner Stepnuck is in second. Mike Carrar in third. But there is a big pack chasing them right now. Here we are. We're coming down to the big last slide and run in. Who is it going to be? It looks like Joe has the inside track. Will he make it in? Yes, Joe Situs is the winner. Tanner Stepnuck second. Shane Croker third. Mike Carrar fourth. Jason Sheps fifth. The rest of the top ten. Mike Pittman, Herb Sturman. Spency, Sean Adelato, and Rhonda Pershot. Awesome race. Awesome race, everybody. Uh, Joe, congratulations. You have an awesome, awesome prize as David Zert comes in to finish it up. There you have it. Joe Sidus, our winner. WST Marbles.
One of the nicest things we've ever given away on this show. I mean, right up there. We did do, Winnipeg Walter won the Tournament of Champions last year for the Bomber tickets. And then here we are. Trevor Linden, autographed jersey, certificate of authenticity. Look amazing in a frame. I'll tell you that much. And, uh, and again, Joe, you're also going to be receiving this entire package from Prairie Naturals, Canada's number one men's health brand. Um, great way to finish November. And great way to finish Movember. Congratulations to Joe. Thanks to Vita Health. And most of all, thanks to our Mo Bros and everybody that helped us get over the $5,000 mark today. Um, big thanks to Modern Man Barbershop for their partnership through all of this. And we're going to work on something for the fellas, which we should have in time for the Christmas party next week, the holiday party at Little Brown Jug. Again, if you haven't already, get into the uh, description or go to the website and click the link. Get some tickets. Every cent goes to the cheer board. And make some plans to join us on Wednesday at Little Brown Jug. But first things first, we got a hockey game to attend tonight. Early entry through gate six, I believe. Again, it's the gate. It's in the indoor gate on the second level just when you come in from City Place. So you pass the Shark Club, you go in. If you want to get in early before 6 o'clock, WSTers, that's where you go in. Otherwise, use any door. We'll meet you up in the hangar bar outside Section 316. Get a couple in us and get ready to get loud and hopefully see the Jets snap their two-game losing streak and start a new losing streak for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, what a month, Dreamus, and what a show today. Yeah, what a month. This was this was fun month. Uh, you know, we had the Bombers. We were at the Grey Cup. Uh, we are doing the Trevor Linden jersey giveaway, uh, Movember, which really um, was an amazing, uh, amazing day in terms of donations. Uh, the Jets, successful month as well. Gabe Velarde's return. WST night tonight at the game section 316. Uh, lots to be pumped up about us. So uh, great seeing so many people in here every day. 300 people in chat. And uh, if you haven't, remember to hit the thumbs up. Only got 150 likes so far. Uh, hit the subscribe button. We're at uh, 10,220 right now. So what we did is turn in, you know, we did the Spotify. Wrapped. We're uh, we're growing a nice uh, nice month here. Well, the only way to finish off such a great month is to leave the building happy tonight after a Jets win. WS Tears. We'll see you there at the hangar and in the section. If you're at the game tonight, pop by. That's where we'll be before the game and at intermissions. And uh, join us tomorrow. Weber hacksaw Friday marbles and suits. Because you guys came through so much. Everyone, thanks again for being with us. We'll see you tonight or tomorrow on WSD. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, oh, shut it down. Oh, Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.